Probably. Oh, without my glass, it would be better. Still. Yeah. Yeah. Very nice. So here we are, uh, gathered for a conversation about Bob Dylan. And I guess just, I don't know, what are we talking about, Dylan? Just why we love Dylan and just who Dylan is as an artist, as a person, as, as seems to be, seems to be, because who really knows? Um, yeah, just think very, very interesting, Bob Dylan, very interesting person uh, and really amazing uh, artist. Um, and, and yeah, and uh, so I think, yeah, we could talk for hours about it. And so, yes, maybe we should. So, from my perspective, uh, you mentioned you were going to do a podcast on Dylan, and then uh, I feel like the opportunity to just like really talk about enthusiastically yeah. about like Which we do the nuances of Bob Dylan and his art and all this stuff is sort of like, yeah, uh, seize upon those moments. And um, sometimes it's kind of like I'm so enthusiastic because I just like have all these thoughts and feelings about it. But mm. like a lot of the time, it's not really something. Um, necessarily that other people are going to have that same extreme enthusiasm for yeah except potentially whoever's going to watch this thing yeah like it seems like from YouTube you see comments like you were saying before people being like people just don't understand how unique Dylan is like you're like oh yeah everyone loves their own and that's true like everyone like or you know most people who are into music they'll have someone who really resonates with them yeah and they'll they'll be top of their heap you know oh yeah but like there's a certain thing where it's like kind of like, no, it's not like relativism, like everyone's say no, certain there's some objective things going on. There's certain like mm -hmm. you know, whales are bigger than fish, you know? Yeah. Dylan is not a fish. Exactly. Uh Bob Dylan's state of consciousness resonates with certain people who are like, wow, this guy is what's he really saying? Or what am I feeling? What's what's going on here? Something mm -hmm. that kind of can trigger I'd say something spiritual, actually. I mean, you could take it just yeah. out of that subjective ex experience where someone's like, oh, this song, it's like it's talking to me. And, you know, if there are lyrics which are sufficiently visual, like Bob Dylan's art, and kind of have that universality, then someone can have that mind-blowing experience of, like, oh, the song, like, talking to me. Um, but, yes, I would say in general, like, first time I listened to Dylan, I guess, or the first time I actively did it myself, like, on a CD player, mm -hmm. the greatest hits back in Hadbury, Hadbury, Western Australia. Uh, and I think I heard like a Rolling Stone on the radio, maybe. And then mum was like, oh, that's Bob Dylan. And mm -hmm. I had a CD at home. Went home, like looked at it, saw it's all over now, baby blue. And I was like, oh, that sounds cool. Mm -hmm. I like blue. And uh, listened to that and it just blew my mind. I was like, blew your mind. Huh? Yeah, became aware of this like deep panoramic feeling. Um, this emotional, like, it's all over now, baby blue. You know, leave your stepping stones behind. There's something calls for you. Forget the dead you've left. They will not bother you. Or they, um, they will not bother you. You know. Ah, uh, yeah. So, and I was like, whoa, like, this well, like, almost uh, yeah. awakening kind of thing. Yeah, definitely. And, uh, yeah, it's like there's levels to it. And it seems like 
yeah, the the levels of my appreciation of Dylan's music is just like yeah, evolved through time. Like started like you were listening to him, and then I was like, oh, why are you and Curtis just like huddled like as if you were you know dealing drugs or something? Like what's going on? You know, I'm talking about Bob Dylan. Like, who's that? You know, and then yeah. But I think I heard Queen the Eskimo on the radio, like uh, at some point, um, and like you know, just seemed like so ethereal, like from some other planet. Mm-hmm. But that weird kind of like um, radio interference kind of sound background. Everybody's building the big ships and boats. I think it would have been recorded in the basement tapes when ah. after in 1967 or late 66, after he was world famous and. You know, probably addicted to drugs and going crazy off the deep end and the existential poetry kind of thing. Mm. Then, like, just kind of stopping or having a motorcycle accident and being like, all right, I'm having a lot of pressure put on him by yeah the public and potentially his mafia connected. <laughs> yeah, at the least. Um, who knows what he was connected to? Um, but uh, yeah, so then he sort of used the opportunity to like just record. You know what people do now in bedroom pop. You know mm. they were doing that in a basement in like New York in 1967 or whatever. Yeah, him and those But um, I think Quinn Estimate came from that. It's got that lo-fi. Yeah, right. Sound from sounds that the kind of real to real. Um, so let's see. Like my uh friend or my student, uh, mm-hmm. my acquaintance, uh, uh, Jose, uh, from Bolivia. I don't know if mm-hmm. he's gonna listen or watch this but uh he was like uh saying like yeah and your thing where you're recommending 12 people that was my, my previous episode i think um like what you didn't say why you know dealing like like i'm just I'm listening like why why are you so enthusiastic <laughs> so maybe we could just try to cut to the chase before we expand yep. deeper and go like what is it about um this character which uh we appreciate so much so i'd say uh, there's a few things you know we mentioned you mm-hmm. mentioned a few things before but uh yeah maybe we could start with like the state of consciousness mm-hmm. seems like at the end of the day that's it's all about life is more about how you do things than what you do mm-hmm. right and state of consciousness that's like the, the secret the holy grail the secret of the universe is like consciousness mm-hmm. um and awareness or whatever you know yeah so being could you uh, speak to that mr blue uh yeah absolutely i mean yeah i'd say bob dylan is a poet so he happens to be like a popular you know musical artist like very successful or what have you but he's kind of continuing this tradition of just being a poet which is you know life i think whether people realize it's mysterious or not it kind of is and a poet taps into that and it's like talking putting um Directing someone's, whoever's reading it or whoever's listening, directing their attention to an idea or something that's kind of transcendental often, you know, or the truth, the truth about life. Um, So poetry is talking about truth, you know, the mirror, holding up the mirror to this is who you are, this is who we are, to what we do. And so I think um, Bob Dylan doing that, he's probably just someone who has a high IQ and EQ, like intellectual quotient, emotional quotient. Is a highly functioning individual, like as an artist. I mean, separating personality from mm-hmm. you know the yeah. art, uh, the art from the artist. Um, who knows what skeletons he's got in his closets or what have you? But when when he makes music, or you know, not just the words, the poetry, but also the melodies, you know, the, the in the way he sings, everything. Uh, I think yeah, it's he's his priority is 
something that's a little more highbrow or at least it's deeper. Yeah. He's not interested in something mundane. He has no time for it really. He's talking about something very deep. And so certain people hear that. It's mm-hmm. like an energy field you can participate in when you listen to the music. Yeah. Absolutely. And it's like a very deep thing. So you can, the reason why I might love listening to Bob Dylan, you know, as far as like, you know, the gist of why this is so uh, significant is because it feels uplifting to my state of consciousness. If I listen to the lyrics, poetic, I like the music too, the groove and the overall energy. But often what the song's about is the very authentic expression. And so yeah. to listen to it, it's almost harmonizing my own state of consciousness. Yeah. And it's like something I really, I love, a world I can go into and um, almost like tuning into that frequency, that kind of uh, feeling. And yeah, so I'd say it's a lot to do with that. And then Bob Dylan person, he's just very interesting. Like, yeah, it doesn't take shit from people, uh, doesn't compromise artistically, all these things. If you watch like, the interview from like 1965, some press conference, and he's just like, not really, you know, there's a balance that I do think it's not as, you know, maybe he's a little very punk and like rude or kind of whatever, man, you know, Hmm. but um, a very interesting person. So I think interesting people have a magnetism, you know, so that's him as a person and the artist and then the art as well, very deep and has its magnetic field it draws people into if they're, you know, uh, if they have similar thoughts and feelings, I think it's, yeah. So yeah. That's effectively it from my perspective. Yeah. Well said. Yeah. I think, uh, like he has through like, you know, it's the early kind of protest music or whatever, you know, um, protest songs or whatever, you know, like times are changing or, mm-hmm. um, blowing in the wind and all that kind of stuff. There's some incredible music there. Um, he's kind of channeling this, you know, messianic kind of like coming of age, like conscience, trying, yeah. conscience music. Yeah, right. Trying to come, you know, like what's, uh, yeah, like going from the heart and trying to, you know, redeem the world kind of thing. And then kind of seems like that matures into a realization that the evil of the world is within and that things are messier than they might have first seen. And that, and then kind of turning inward and kind of making peace with the balance of things. Um, and so, you get, you know, and including like, you know, not t- taking things too seriously and being silly, you know, and like, you know, music, like, you know, he's got like everybody must get stoned, rainy day women number yeah. 12 and 35, which, okay, little thing, released in the in the 60s, mid 60s, it's like the, the refrain is that, you know, they stone you when you're walking down the street, stone you when you're tr- whatever, da, da, da. they stone you when you're um, walking on your own, they stone you when da, 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 whatever. Um, but I would not be so all alone. Everybody must get stoned. You know, so it's like a pun on like, you know, stoning someone and then getting high. And he, you know, he was smoking a mountain of ganja back then. As the, yeah. The record shows. Um, and uh, seemingly found it useful for artistic inspiration, as many people do. You know? mm-hmm. um, uh, but that 12 times 35, and I think if you multiply them, that's 420 which is the number, the symbol for weed. Yeah. But that was only conceived apparently in like what the, the late nineties or something by like some high school students. Supposedly. Yeah. Supposedly. So, so like the, the tradition of 420. So the tradition of 420 being, yeah, like a 420 PM smoking weed or 420 being this um, kind of number, which is synonymous with weed and that culture. Yeah. Yeah. The song, everybody must get stoned. Bob Dylan is called rainy day women numbers. 12 and 35 which is random yeah same random thing. you're like whatever and then yeah jamie i mean maybe five years ago or something was like hey do you ever notice that 12 and 35 you multiply them you're 420 yeah so cosmic giggle 
you know, like maybe the universe is just... Well, maybe he was just that um, hip and aware to it back then. I mean, he was a time traveler, maybe. Yeah. Um, but yeah, so you have silly things there. And then, you know, like, you know, later on in life, he's going through troubles and going ups and down, and, you know, and there's like, you know, going through many different experiences, you know, he's you know, gone through different religions and tried out all these different religions and kind of just kind of experience. seems like he's someone who kind of like tries to push the envelope of life and possibilities and kind of experience different sides of himself and try to like, you know, understand life um, and feel life uh, in its full richness and diversity. But then you, you get that in through the music and then you can tune into this journey and then at different stages of your life or at different stages of a day or whatever you're going through, there's always some music. He's got such variation there of like the, these mm-hmm. feelings that he's exploring. And like you say, it's all authentic. It might be a happy song. A lot of it's sad songs, quote unquote, but I always feel like happy playing it because mm-hmm. it's like you're happy and you're appreciating the beauty and who cares if it's sad? You can hold that. Or you're sad and yeah. you, you use it to transmute that pain into a beauty. So even if it's sad, if you can make it beautiful somehow now, you know, there's um, uh, a redemptiveness to it. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, nonetheless. And, and just that if you, if somebody, anybody, someone at a bus stop, let alone, you know, like through a song, Bob Dylan saying it, if someone can put to words exactly how you, you feel yeah. and with words that spell it out and touch something you wouldn't be able to find words for, that nuanced and someone says it so perfectly yeah. and you're like, oh, my God, I can't. It, it's almost like a divine reassurance or yeah. like a, um, what are the odds of somebody understanding perfectly? It's so deep and then, you know, so yeah, these, yeah, he's like, like you're saying about his life, you know, maybe when he was in his 30s and then going through divorce and stuff, it's, um, um, then going through divorce, it's the music represents that becomes more vulnerable and kind of like emotional and less like, um, visionary, young, um, you know, the 60s. Yeah, there's kind of the more homecoming movement. Yeah, rather the outgoing movement, the creation, and the homecoming movement, you know, kind of making peace with dissolution of form and all this. You know, yeah, getting older. Sure. But then, yeah, so you get these coordinates of these different, like, archetypal experiences. He's gone through yeah, yeah. different songs. And you can touch back on them anytime you want to, like, you know, like, uh, you're like, oh, I need a bit of a cup of coffee right now, or I need a bit of some fruit. I need, you know, like, I need to chop up some raw garlic in here because I get, you know, I'm getting a cold or whatever. Mm-hmm. Different things you can do with your body. You can kind of press certain buttons with music and go, I want to feel this thing. Yeah. And it's going to help me balance and, and tune myself um, into my environment and what I need. Um, but yeah, also, like you're saying, yeah, it's like you can put things into words, like archetypally or whatever. And wow, amazing. But then what's also crazy is it's like, say, imitation leading to creativity. Like, you know, apparently that's called imitatio. The reason apparently Dylan mm-hmm. is a master of this, like the old kind of fashion way of like, you would I'm not plagiarizing. I'm just taking elements from past stuff. Mm-hmm. Like the bee samples all the pollen and then creates honey or whatever. And so, and then everyone, if a hundred people do that, then the next generation can do the same thing to them. And it keeps evolving through time. It's connected, it's grounded. Yeah. But so he'd have pure original stuff, but also a lot of stuff which was inspired by previous stuff. But um, uh, but like the imitation thing, like um, say to be able to do something, at first you copy someone. So you see someone cool, like, oh, that's so punk. I'm going to start copying the way they dress. And that allowed, maybe you might be like, oh, that's kind of fake and inauthentic. What are you doing? You know, you're wearing like this studded belt and denim cargo shorts. Oh, you're so original or whatever. But maybe it's a stage you need to go through. It's a chrysalis or the butterfly in its cocoon, you know? Mm-hmm. 
And you go through that, you feel that, and then eventually you outgrow it. Um, but you need to go through it. And then you can kind of change your fashion and edit. Maybe yeah. you take away a few elements, add a different element. But like, um, also I think that goes with, like say music, and especially Dylan's music is great for this, where it can kind of educate you. At first you're just, he's putting things into words, but then you kind of explore that consciousness through listening to the music enough where you can start to, you can make your own songs in that style, or you can just start to think in that style and see in that style. And you can put on those sunglasses and kind of see the world through Dylan-esque eyes, of, yeah. you know, or whatever. Well, yeah, it's going to influence With your own your eyes. thoughts, you know, uh, your your concept. I mean, the language, every new word that even you get, you know, or a phrase, mm. a way of saying something, once that's sown, like that's the seeds in the yeah. soil of your mind at that point, you know? Yeah. Uh, and things are going to even in at least subtle ways be influenced. Um, yeah. I mean, yeah. Um, should we play a little bit of, before we continue this conversation, a bit of music? Yeah, yeah, that sounds that sounds reasonable. What do you reckon? Um, so thought we might go through like a little bit of different eras, but just kind of like a few little, a chunk from the songs, just for the sake of brevity or whatever. Um, so maybe we'll start earlier, something, Delicious from earlier, Dylan, do you think? Uh, or do you yeah. just want to jump around, like, whatever? I guess we could just jump around, it's not bad. Uh, try to... Listen, we can start with, like, in... Whatever, really. But what would, um, well, what's the song? Oh, well, I mean... I don't know if you want to play it or... Trail. And if tomorrow wasn't such a long time, lonesome would be nothing at all. And only if my own true love was waiting, if I could only hear her heart softly pounding, and only if she was lying by me. humorous kind of uh, inclusions in the lyrics so this being um, like you're saying before like people because um, we had a tiny chat about like you know 
which I probably should just put on camera, but whatever. Yeah, yeah. There's some interesting points, but it doesn't matter. But um, like you made the point that like uh, you know, Dylan, for people who like are aware of his reputation, whatever, a lot of it would be this kind of like, ooh, Dylan serious or whatever. Yeah. Um, but like some sort of intellectual thing or something. But like so much of one really amazing another side of Dylan, which is really amazing, is just the humor. It's so funny, you know. And um even the in, in interviews and stuff that comes out, you know, like that exam Rome in two thousand or whatever, he's just like messing with his people around just in that kind of fun loving way. But but yeah, there's some hilarious lyrics in it. Yeah, yeah. Exactly. Um, that's a whole state of consciousness thing as well. Yeah, just like not taking any yourself too seriously or life too seriously. Yeah, I think that's a lot of like the self awareness. You know, just the self awareness. Like, yeah. Yeah. Um, now one way to A lot of the music these days is spiritually bankrupt because it's overly computerized and like a lot of it can be very good and you could express something very profound or just a great energy or some like you know uh cosmic kind of a very high conscious um you know deep profound song um but bob dylan i think uh using the older tradition there's some advantage there where it's it's got an aggregate of all these different forms and things that would be in very old poems and there's a even like just the more recent music which his influences uh, comprise it's like jazz old blues all this um different styles of music so i mean um i think that is you know one thing where him imitating it is such a diverse range of influences that a lot of yeah. other you're not going to get exposed to certain things, uh, certain repeating uh, ideas or happenings in music if you're just listening to something which doesn't have deep roots. And so there's that. But also um, I think Bob Dylan is kind of a spiritual poet because he believes in a higher power. You know, yeah. even before going through the religious thing in the 70s, a lot of the songs, if you listen to it in the early 60s, you can hear there's a, a sense of a larger intelligence yeah and just him and uh you know you could call that god and anyway the state of consciousness he's embodying shows you know like that 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 level of creativity only comes when you step outside your own way mm -hmm. and you basically let god take over you let the right. universe take over and you become an empty vessel like rumi said hollowed out you know for the the divine winds or whatever to you know make their music or whatever so precisely he's really intimate <laughs> and so that's the thing with 
you know, a lot of uh, Bob Dylan's music, you could say, you know, like it's got that imitational aspect in the sense of, I mean, for one thing, a lot of the songs are very similar. He might use the same chord progression even and have two sets of lyrics, two different songs. There's that a couple of times, you know. Mm -hmm. um, but it's the same in, in general, you could say what about Bob Dylan and using different forms, uh, getting someone else's song, putting new lyrics to it and then saying, well, it's a new song. It's kind of like um, there is no crime if God imitates himself. Yeah. Like, if God imitates God. So if we're all just one consciousness, yeah. Bob Dylan's just finds himself there and he's not, uh, he just happens to be a clear channel for this larger, the idea and yeah. the act of thoughts, what are these invisible things that can come through him? He's a conduit for it and it can come out then. Yeah. That's why, you know, like, like people ask him, well, what does this song mean? I don't know, listen to the song, you know? Yeah. Because it did mean something, but the whole point is the song is there because it's unspeakable. It's beyond that. So if the song says it, yeah. so like, go listen to the song. That's the thing. Like, you uh, said before about, like, it's visionary music. Like, a lot of it is operating with pictures and images, mm -hmm. and, which is, I think, a great point. Like, Dylan's lyrics are incredibly vivid and evocative, like, um, visually. So I guess if the mind can kind of do two main things which is like talk and see pictures you know and so mm -hmm. you kind of focusing on that other thing more um but uh that yeah like a lot of it he's doing this kind of thing it's like this what poetry can do is like it's the the most beautiful use of the language really but but it's like you're basically bending the rules of grammar and vocabulary and whatever and just changing it you're playing with it so, you know, language is there to communicate mostly, I guess. It's like this tool, practical tool for communication. Um, well, and like it's, it's largely like survival and thrival or whatever. But then like you're able to use it also just to communicate, you know, going, all right, so we've got our bread and, you know, we've got a roof over our heads and like, okay, what is existence? And just think about these bigger picture questions, you know, but like poetry is able to like say things that blur the lines. Um, but what does that mean exactly? And so... Instead, you know, um, and so Dylan does that really well. He'll like do it in general with words, you know, saying things where like, what does that mean? It's like, who knows what it means, you know? Um, but maybe he had an idea, but even if he did have an idea, a lot of it seems like it just comes up, pops out of nowhere. Like we could make a song out of and, uh, nothing, you know, mm -hmm. and it'll just pop up out of nowhere from the field, you know? Yeah. Um, and we're not going to be like, oh yeah, that was such a funny thing I thought. Well, we, there would be some self like, oh yeah, I was a, a skillful conduit there mm -hmm. but like but there's the understanding that ultimately it is not coming from us you know yeah and all the best stuff is very much not coming from us just comes mm -hmm. through us like the best song um say i would have written would have come through very quickly and felt like it was just like i was hearing it oh like that one just was started singing the song in my head or you know so uh, the idea the song sings itself to you or comes through so like you know absolutely that getting out of the way um I mean, I think uh, Dylan uh, definitely would be mm, the prime example of a lot of that. Yeah, songs for you too. I think he's uh, very much, he seems to be cultivating a state of being and his, his life, the music is incidental to that, you know. So, uh, yeah, you can listen to Bob and tune in or what have you. Yeah. Um, yeah. So, yeah, what else uh, we mentioned before? What's worth mentioning to the, the good people? Well, I think um, 
I mean, as far as when someone's like, oh, I don't really like Bob Dylan, what I would say, I'd be like, oh, yeah, I don't know. Like, um, as far as because something to gain from this would just be like, oh, I'm curious about, you know, Bob Dylan or oh, I've yeah. heard some stuff, but I, I don't know a lot of it. So maybe some of it, some of it's vastly different, you know. So you go and look and you find a different song you might find one in love and then you gradually, that's your like yeah. gateway drug song. Some Dylan. Dylan's got so many songs. There's a bunch of them yeah. I don't like either. Yeah, yeah, precisely. And I, he, he probably doesn't like it Oh, yeah, sure, exactly. But I think um, a lot of the thing is you're just... Uh, that it is this explorative journey of your own mind and psyche mm-hmm. and your emotions when yes. you're listening to Bob Dylan and getting into it. Even me now, I've been listening to you know, Bob Dylan for like, I don't know, like what, 16 or 17 years or something. Um, but I still, you know, recently I found an album from the 80s that I'm into and like, oh, this is great. But yeah, I thought it was like, oh, I didn't really like that era for ages. And then I, it's like a revelation when you hear it and it's, you hear songs that seem to match up with how you're feeling. But um yeah, so that and just that Bob Dylan very much, a lot of these songs have the embodying a certain energy. I think when he's recording, yeah, I mean there's some line to paraphrase, you know, one of his songs. I can't sing a song I don't understand. Meaning, like, why is he doing this in the first mm-hmm. place? He's not singing a song that he just doesn't feel like he was notorious. He would only do one take in the studio originally. And then he'd be like, oh, I can't do this, play the same song twice. That'd be terrible. Just keep on doing another song if it didn't come out right. Yeah. You know, we're not wanting to uh, do it over and over because it's a, it's about authentic, like this authenticity. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Once you wouldn't say something in a conversation, make a good point, and then someone says, that's a great point, say it again. That's a great that point. That was so good, do it again. Yeah. <laughs> and you'd be like, well, it would feel kind of, insincere and they're cheap it's great if i want to do that so you know a, a lot of his um songs him sort of yeah doing this and it's uh it's pretty deep so i'd say like why is he doing it yeah he's sort of uh expressing this state of being a kind of philosophy in a, a broad way and so listening to that <clears throat> you end up going on this kind of evolutionary journey in yourself well i think music can have these synchronicities where you listen to the right song mm-hmm. at the right moment and just think, oh, this is perfect. Yeah. Because Dylan's music is so deeply like rich in poetry and uh, lyrics and all this imagery, I think it's pretty, if you get the right song, it can be actually quite powerful and sort of like you can actually learn and even heal a lot through this music. Definitely. I think it's great. If someone's like, oh, what uh, the music they listen to and they say, Bob Dylan, I'm immediately not just like, yeah, we're on the same team. It's like a sport game, Bob Dylan. Not like that. It's like, oh, you're oh, you're exploratory. You're story. having certain probably experiences in your awareness of emotional experiences as well, like truths so that something that he has felt in a song, put to words and put to music in a song that's touched you and has resonated. And you know, some I love that song. I kind of know why they love that song because if I also love that song, you know, yeah, often, yeah. And so um, I think it's. A, as far as like personal development, even if someone's listening to Bob Dylan and it happens to blow their head back and they like it, I think it can be very nourishing and yeah, evolutionary in your consciousness. Yeah. And yeah, I think yeah, in general with music, there's stuff like when people listen to the same music, you're like, oh, you're in a similar wavelength. Mm-hmm. It's not just like, oh, cool, you like that. I like that. You like it. Okay. You're confirming my idea that it's good music. Okay. Oh, thank God. I'm cool. It's not, yeah. There's like, that's a very superficial, you know way of looking at things in general but you know some people do it you know if you're trying to fit in 
but then um say more deeper than that like yeah it's very common like you somebody likes the same music as you you go oh right you're coming from a similar place as me we can connect mm-hmm. and i think because dylan's music is so existential um dylan heads dylan fans like there's a certain um kind of uh awareness among you know the people who go a bit, you know at least a little bit deep into it who go when other people who really appreciate it yeah it's kind of like um comforting or something to know that like oh there's all these other people out there in the world who are like are also on this existential journey or who or who yeah i don't know it's not just comforting but like it's just like a kind of a recognition thing like yeah you know it's a beautiful thing to see um so many other human beings who are touched by that kind of yeah um tenderness or that um deeper yeah just plumbing the profundities of life through music um and all kinds of different you know different emotions different levels superficial deeper mm-hmm. different emotions you know idiot wind is more angry mm-hmm. you know or like the beautiful if you haven't uh the, the alternate version the acoustic one my favorite you know oh, yeah. like um it's more like sad than angry you know yeah um sure. but like or like happy emotions like clouds so swift for rain oh, i can't remember the lyrics yeah. um but yeah you ain't going nowhere like they're just uh, yeah absolutely yeah um maybe we should play a song one more one yeah two oh um, any more so you want to play choose one sure um just for the novelty of this let's go all right so while you think of a song yeah maybe i just quickly clear the air or like i know you feel the same about the um bob dylan being a bad singer thing yeah because what what is a bad singer you know there'd be two things in general if you're someone who can't hit the pitch and hold you know it's like someone who's playing on an average tune guitar if all the notes you're hitting are slightly too high or low it doesn't sound harmonious and nice bob dylan hits all the notes perfectly most of the time mm-hmm. maybe sometimes he's like poked out at some like 1970s thing or something and he's a bit off and his voice sounds really like shocked because he's been partying or something or if it's like he's really you know he's like he's 60 years old he's been singing for 60 right or for like 40 years and yeah, you know, so he's been to me cities or something yeah so maybe even that goes in waves yeah, the voice could because his album from you know he was 80 years old when he recorded the one from 19 2020 uh, rough and rowdy ways rough yeah. and rowdy ways that's the singing on that a lot of most right. of it is great it sounds like an old blues singer but it's on um, key on shadow kingdom also really good focus right mm-hmm. yeah the live thing yeah mm-hmm. um so in general i'd say actually he's hitting the notes really well and it's just that the tone of his voice is a little more nasal than a lot of people are used to but that's the same the same is true for robert johnson or these blues singers and what have you so um i think it's one of those things where uh music going into the deeper levels the superficial interpretation would be oh his voice doesn't sound like dean martin so it's bad but um you know you listen a little deeper so yeah for what sure. are we playing definitely i think visions of uh joanna mm-hmm. slash you have uh so no, i think you're usually playing that in okay, you playing that this is an e harmonica it's usually an a no problem um so this would be b but like i think 
this on this track. Am I misunderstanding? Wait, please. Um, oh, yes, that's true. Yeah. I 
so another amazing thing with Dylan is like just the uh, like ability to like not just like how incredible the lyrics are but how his ability to retain them and just sing them oh, off yeah. the bat like very few like it's you know i don't know just in general it seems like people aren't people are losing our memories like mm -hmm. we're on the phones all the time and you know you can't remember how to do like mental maths because you stuff. don't need to because you don't need to so it's like oh i have these crutches or i have this go-kart thing who, who needs to walk and then oh my muscles atrophy yeah. same thing with your brain and your memory ability to remember things for sure his recall is just so incredible like you can watch um and i encourage you to do it uh like hours and hours of him doing these things and it's just Lyrics are, you know, the um, just incredible, uh, yeah, and so, so entertaining, just to, and powerful, just to see what a human being can do mm -hmm. on the push the limit of they're so in the zone and just remembering everything, you know. Um, but maybe this one. Your nerves 
you know there is no answer fit to satisfy and sure you're not to quit keep it in your mind and not forget that it is not he or she or them or it that you belong to Explain to me, I got this Bob Dylan harmonica case right here. Uh -huh. And uh, it was a gift from somebody, I can't remember, but it was a great gift, maybe maybe dad, not sure. Um, anyway, it's got the little logo on here. It's like an eye of Horus, kind of like Egyptian psychedelic looking eye with a crown. Mm. Um, I don't know if you can see it. Let me just get this nice and close. Is that focused? I don't know. Let's see. <laughs> That's looking pretty good, yeah. You get that, Steve? Now the question is, man, Steve, and there's no coming. Yeah, what does Bob Dylan know about esoteric mystery school traditions? An excellent question. And is he initiated into, I don't know, maybe secrets about the universe and how it works? Or mm. um, certainly in that song, even was there. He's talking a lot. You know, it's all right, Ma. I'm only bleeding. He's talking a lot about all these different. Yeah. Um, very sophisticated ideas, similar to Shakespeare in that sense of even the social political commentary on the powers of the elites at the time. Definitely. And Shakespeare, something we didn't mention before, but like uh, Dylan, I think is rightly compared to like the modern Shakespeare because of like um, just like the the depth of like how deeply he does explore the human condition mm -hmm. and like, you know, but um, and people often make that comparison. But um it's a great point. I think it's an important point. I think we'll keep the reader uh, slash the, the viewers uh, watching uh, circle back to that. Yeah. Um, something more important is like, uh, that's a great point, mm -hmm. is um, I was thinking like his style of communication. And, uh, and I guess in a way I'm doing that with you right now. Mm -hmm. But it's like that he, like, something very interesting is say people in you know the 60s or whatever be like oh you're the spokesman of the, uh how's it feel to be the spokesperson for a generation or whatever mm -hmm. and he wouldn't be like he might like he wouldn't be like oh well um oh yeah i appreciate people's support or whatever or he wouldn't be like oh you know or he might sometimes go oh like, you know, i'm not that you know mm -hmm. but often he wouldn't um he would take a more a broader view to what the what was happening the communication so yeah. people have this have this idea like I ask you a question, you reply, you answer, or you ask me and I reply. That's what that's how it works. Yeah. Click, you know, social contracts. Social contracts, you can't you know, get out of it. But then and oh, you'd be a crazy person to just make it awkward and just answer a different question mm -hmm. or not answer my question or just kind of use nonverbal body language just to communicate subtly yeah. or to make a joke at me or to you know, yeah, to take half of what I was saying and focus on that and make a comment about something that you're interested in and thinks useful. And so actually yeah. offer that as your communication and kind of ignore the gist of my question, but take them 40% that's useful. But all those things Dylan would do and um, people didn't seem to know what to do with it. Like they'd be like, so confused about not, they'd be like, well, like about the conversation, they didn't know what was happening, you know? Um, and it's interesting that he was doing that and like where he got that 
because it seems like I don't know maybe there was other people a bunch of other people doing that mm. in that time I don't know it's part of a, a group or a subculture yeah scene. yeah but like I he was like the earliest example I've seen of that kind of more modern nowadays you see a lot of people doing that kind of thing mm. standing on the shoulders of giants you know and yeah and it's more like oh yeah of course or like thing like you know like Rolling Stone and stuff being like so revolutionary a song written like that and it's even kind of hard to I don't know why is it revolutionary at first I think I get it because it was just what is a fish out of the waters in which it swims and I was you know just like like so much has been built upon that groundbreaking Dylan's music you know and um tangent on tangent like if you're wondering like why should I care about Dylan it's like um yeah whatever artists you love you love like almost all of them have been like like an enormous num- number will be will say like Bob Dylan's one of my biggest influences mm-hmm. you know and so I think that's just kind of no smoke without fire kind of thing you know mm-hmm. But um, but yeah, that that view of communication, I just love that. Like very liberating, the idea that you know he's communicating on his own terms, and that he doesn't feel like any social um obligation to like answer the direct question or whatever. That he's just able to kind of embody his own authenticity. Um, and you know sometimes you could be the outer line or whatever, and he seems like you know he's a human being. So sometimes he'll be like, seems like you know being like. Uh, a jerk to someone yeah, sure, or whatever yeah. yeah um but uh but it and again like this kind of connects to what we were talking about earlier of like the thing about dylan it's, it's not like um i think it could be mistaken for like hero worship or like idolatry yeah you know because people are so enthusiastic like oh my god what's are you like but it's not that it's like it's um admiration you know it's um it's a basically we're born we're, we're designed by mother nature to kind of seek out the things, you know, which will uplift us. And I think in Bob Dylan, we see the cool thing, the certain inborn unique talents to him or who he is, is the certain uniqueness, you know, his percentage of alien DNA, for example, you know, yes, maybe. Sure. Um, but uh, <laughs> like, um, but mostly it's like he's, what he's doing is he's modeling a human behavior pattern that we can also follow. And so he's leading the way and we can go and we can write music similar to him. We can act in a similar way. And he's done that to other people. We're all doing this to each other all the time. But, um, but I think Dylan for me is an extreme example where it's like, uh, it's so like he's able to connect to this music and extreme creativity and memory retention, you know, um, Mm -hmm. um, and, yeah authenticity and personal integrity just kind of you know owning your zone and your self just being he's just being himself he's not trying to be anyone else he's not even trying to look like anything to other people he's not trying to project an image he's just being himself um and so i think that was such a startling thing that people thought he was projecting the biggest image anyone mm-hmm. had ever projected but it's, it's actually no he was just getting out of that game and just being authentic um but like so that's the cool thing i think for me like it's like it's inspiring so it's it's both there's two things here one is that like we're like oh wow it's a pattern that i can embody in my own life which is amazing inspiring um and they say you know if you want to change you can kind of imagine you are people or like act like they act and that will allow you to navigate a situation someone's very shy they could imagine you know their Arnold schwarzenegger and just go imagine i'm arnie and i'm talking to these people how do you respond just act like that yeah and you embody that yeah that character and that'll allow you to kind of reset the grooves in your mind and anyway they're not you they're just random automatic thought processes you've inherited through your family history or genetic history yeah, or whatever or cultural 
So it's totally authentic. Your soul is taking whatever path it's taking, you know. Um, but it's not just that that we can use dealing as inspiration in those ways, but also it's to get to the more spiritual level, is mm-hmm. from that point, the awareness that um, we're all one and that we are Dylan. When we see Dylan doing these things, we are him having these experiences and we were him. Yeah. Um, and that's the thing. I think it's like a peak experience of like one person being so authentic and that that absolutely um, having such a beneficial impact upon a culture and it being recorded and being able to be rewatched. Mm-hmm. Um, and that this is and at a very unique time in history when all these processes were kind of culminating in extreme um, intermingling um, cascades of novelty and technological innovation, global politics intertwining and stuff, um, raising of co- consciousness to a very high level. And to see him in such a glorious expression, and then deep down, I think usually unconsciously, but now we're bringing it conscious, is that 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 was us in a way. In a way, I'm not Bob Dylan, you're not Bob Dylan. Mm-hmm. But in a deeper sense, I, um, we are. Yeah. You know, we are all one. We are all the universe, living itself from different angles. It's like you're not in the universe. You are the universe. Yeah. You know, there's where there's no space in between, right? And so that's the beauty. It's like an intimacy and a um, or like kind of uh, just a, a triumph of like the, the human, um, the, the human character or the just human, um, the soul. Yeah. You know, the glory experience. Yeah. Yeah, for sure. And that's that social proof idea when someone sees someone else do it and like, oh, and suddenly, you know, heaps of people will do something in the same year that the first person does it. For instance, you know, things like that sort of idea. Yes. Um, because someone sees something it happening and then ah oh, their belief someone can run the formula mile and yeah, everything. exactly. That's example. Yeah. So um, yeah, same thing with Bob Dylan. You see that and you're like, oh, well, people can live like that. You can and not necessarily necessarily being the rich, whatever, and famous and like a huge um, rock star or musical artist or something, or celebrated poet, but just that you can respond to situations however you want, you know, and theoretically you can do things in all sorts of unconventional ways that might not have occurred to you. And someone's like, well, you've got to work this shift because too bad. And you're like, um, this is actually a pretty like negative environment, this workplace. I don't really need it. Maybe I have savings. You're like, I'm just going to quit right now and just go and buy a plane into Nepal and just do that and go walk barefoot through like the hills. And you can just do anything, these things, but, yeah, people going. Oh no! It's, it's not like right. guitar. Let's see. You can drop your guitar. Are you okay? Almost. Ready? Yeah, close enough. Um, sorry, Esmeralda. Um, but anyway, so yes. once someone sees it, then it's like, oh, okay, I can do this. Um, yeah. So I think, for example. Overall, no, <laughs> influence, yeah, um, yeah, and I'd say, uh, yeah, to be clear, that a lot of um, his role as an artist when he's bringing songs in or expressing something, a lot of that does connect to his personal side, you know, yeah, it's like uh, some of these songs which are emotional, and it's like, oh, I've gone through that, and then other times, yeah, you do something where like I wouldn't relate to. I might not want to hang out with someone like that, or yeah, that's, definitely, I don't necessarily respect or appreciate that attribute. But everything is of a mixed nature in life. Yeah. And um, so definitely not hero worship because he could be a terrible friend for all I know. I don't mm. know. But I know that um, I say what has come through, but you never know. Yeah, I think it would be a, 
a pretty cool guy to hang out with. Um, but the point being, it's yeah, that he's another human being, another soul, just like we are. So it's that okay, um, it, dropping the ego thing. You don't need to write the best song. It'd be better to just hear the best song. You know, who, doesn't really matter who writes it, but it's a recognition of that beauty and that truth in the music. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I think even a lot of the simple songs that aren't spiritual or talking about a high power of God in Dylan's music, a lot of the time it just feels um, true and right and feels good sort of music, you know, sort of tune in with that. And um, yeah, definitely. Keeps me on track. I'm constantly just listening to Dylan music, like, and other songs, other music in between, you know, like, percentage of, you know, yeah, it's just like, that works for me. It's just like so many. It's almost like this Dylan's just got so many um such a vast catalogue of music that it's like I basically am listening to a bunch of different artists and listening to like ten different people that Dylan has been through his life or there were different stages, different types of music, you know. But um and then all the other music and then there's so many major music which has been influenced like, you know, from Dylan the beta was getting influenced and they were going back and forth a bit. Mm-hmm. Him he introduced them to weed and, you know, um seemingly. Yeah. Um, and then having therefore kicking off the whole psychedelic music thing and um but then other but there's so much good music but like um but yeah yeah for sure yeah i'd say um and what was the thing i mean you were saying that he's the only artist ever yeah who's had like a top album. top 40 i think an album in album. the top 40 charts in every decade since the 1960s so he's had an album in the top 40s chart i guess whatever that means in um, the ni- uh, 1960s, 1970s, 1980s, 1990s, 2000s, 2010s, and 2020s. Yeah. In 2020, first year of 2020, you've got to be in a rough and rowdy race. It's like, boom. Yeah. So he wasn't in way. Exactly. Yeah. That's beautiful. Let uh, me just quickly chuck this song in. It's yeah. from that latest album. Something like this. It's like... esoteric societies and um the yeah. uh this is something i haven't really read much about online mm-hmm. but like um i think it's very interesting it's like there's like you know dylan seems like he's pretty well read and like you know he's interested in all kinds of stuff like you know mysticism and like you know ching, whatever you know things like i i <laughs> so yeah. i like through the I Ching today, like, say there'll be some thunder by the bar. By like, the well, yeah. Thunder by the well, yeah. Um, yeah. But, um, and so that's all cool, you know. 
feeds into the work, but uh, there is the um, the sense that like also um, perhaps an awareness of like you know I don't know how the world is structured, but it 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 is sure it wouldn't shock me if this planet was secretly run by a centralized network of criminals. Yeah, um, and that it seems like. There's a bunch of things which could be explained as by other things. Hence, I'm not saying I know it's run by a criminal cartel, but there's a lot of things which point to like, it looks like it actually is run by a bunch of fascists hiding in the shadows. And basically they were like, we can run the world. We can you know take over the world. Of course, people want to take over the world, right? Like that's a, the thing, like everybody wants What's to rule the world. Yeah. Um, and, you know, people are obviously trying Hitler and Stalin. Throughout history, most governments have been kind of corrupt and domineering. And so um, the prize of running the whole planet is clearly something that many, many people want and have wanted for a long time. Yeah. And I think good evidence that um, some people figured out it would be easier if they just didn't, they they didn't tell us about it. <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah. So, yeah, exactly. And Dylan seems to kind of have some awareness of this. Yes. I mean, if someone is a person of insight, um, it wouldn't be surprising if Dylan had sort of come to some sort of level of understanding about the like power and politics on the planet, mm-hmm. you know, particularly being in his position. I mean, there is some political status quo. There always is, um, you know, and the same reason thing that, you know, a tyrant might start their, their attire in the village and then it's a tyrant of, a, you know, the tyrant a of bigger a city, yeah. yeah, whatever. But like the difference between someone being a tyrant who runs a city and then taking over that whole country, I mean, that's happened in history. So what's the difference between them having a whole country and I'll take over the whole planet. Mm-hmm. Um, but either way, what's interesting about it is because it is so, it'd be taboo to suggest something like this in general, because A, it's a little confronting. B, it sounds outlandish. Um, and yet, you know, royalty, we know that that's a thing, you know, crime, mafia, crime families, you know, that's a thing. So is it possible for some powerful people to live outside the law? Yeah, possibly. And is Bob Dylan referring to it in his song? It seems like it at times, I would say. Um, now, you know, the only significance or interest that really, uh, reason it would be relevant, other than that being interesting, is we live on this and planet. Not, and that's yeah. like, oh, is that what's going on? Maybe. Oh, right. um, but, you know, archetypally in the song, it's sort of like, you know, it's the villain this kind of like talking about good and evil and um, that side of the human you call the shadow mm-hmm. you know the, yeah those aspects of our own consciousness As which we would reject and we should deem yeah and that we deem too ugly or negative or, or we i don't really i can't believe i had that thought i would tell anyone mm-hmm. um it's repressed. giving voice to that but you know potentially also actually just the practical political commentary as well but um you know, even you could like the song you released in 2020 with the JFK assassination yeah. saying, you know, they're using the murder most foul pronouns of, you know, they killed him, they did this. Yeah. Um, as in like a plural, you know, he's talking about a conspiracy basically yeah. in the song, um, which is just very interesting, like yeah. historically, you know, but that's his opinion, obviously. Definitely. Like some to wit, some specific things from the song, like um, they shot him. Um, it was dark that uh you know they shot him in broad daylight something like that right so not so the official story is lee harvey oswald acted alone mm-hmm. so they doesn't make sense it's a he right so they shot him in broad daylight you know um uh etc and they say you know 
do you know um uh don't you know who I am? Don't you know who I am? Yeah, we know who you are. Yeah. We again, so again <laughs> it's plural, you know? Yeah. Um and it goes on. Yeah, and, on, yeah. yeah, and another song even um things have changed, you know. Yeah. Um, yeah. Or just to finish that, like yeah. when that video was released, which was just as the coronavirus hysteria was kicking off and authoritarianism was sweeping through the world yeah. under the model of China, everyone's in a, a fearful state and um, experts on neuroplasticity say that trauma and um, great anxiety, moments of incredible emotional turmoil, mm-hmm. the, the, the mind becomes more malleable because it needs to adapt to a new situation. Yeah. So it seems like there's this, um, you could make the case, and I think it's the most likely case, given what we know, mm-hmm. um, that there was this huge crisis intentionally created, seems most likely, um, or at least manipulated. That seems less likely, but perhaps it's possible that, you know, it happened and, you know, it got out of the lab and was manipulated the crisis. But it seems more likely that there's a crisis engineered um, and people were in extreme turmoil. And then that was that allowed um, mission creep from governments to centralize power and do what we were saying governments have always wanted to do. And yeah. Egos love doing more control. And we've seen that that hasn't the the crisis has sort of apparently passed and still there's like screens where at your supermarket where between you and the, the clerk you know so yeah. there's all these things going on but he just as i was kicking off in early 2020 he released that video so this is something we recorded a while back so it didn't seem like it was even recent but he's like we're releasing it you know now yeah. and I, something where he said i think you might might find this interesting it's not like yeah i enjoy the song but you might find this interesting yeah. And then within the song, there's a reference to this breaking a taboo. He's a fa- you know, famous person. You know, probably meets a bunch of famous people. Like, you know, um, it's another reason he might include into some of this stuff. Is um that he and he's saying, like, you know, it's got this song, which is breaking that taboo. And he says, You might find this interesting. Talking about JFK. About yeah, about the song, yeah. Um, and uh the murder most foul, the song about J- the JFK assassination. Um, and in that he says, you know, st- what do you say, stay um the end of it? Uh, something to the effect of, you know, um, to my loyal fans, yeah, like, thank you for all your support of years. Here's something we recorded recently, a while back you might find interesting. Um, stay safe, stay observant, and, you know, may God be with you. Something like that. I don't know if you said safe. Oh, yeah, maybe you said that, yeah, the camera, yeah. They said, like, you know, um, stay, stay well. Stay well, stay observant, and... You know, and may God be with you. May God be with you. Like but stay observant. The same stay observant too is like within the release of this JFK kind of song. Just as governments, where it was all in the news, all the totalitarian thing was yeah, breathing over perfect. They're very interesting. And then if you listen to a lot of the lyrics in that whole album, there's some very interesting stuff in there, mm-hmm. you know, um, which seems to be speaking toward that same idea, saying that yeah, you know, false prophet. Yeah, false prophet and just um, even like you know, um, the cover art to one of these so false prophets. Yeah, the single, the cover art has this skeleton dressed as an aristocrat and like a top hat and a fancy kind of looking like scarf and suit holding a syringe, you know, and kind of creeping like this creepy skeleton in the 2020 while yeah. this virus was running around the world. Yeah, and so this talk of bringing vaccines. So, to Gates yeah, it, it brings in like the whole idea for me that, you know, you can go back through Bob Dylan's songs all the way back yeah, mm-hmm. every decade, really. Especially the Christian stuff. Especially the, the devil like controlling politics and stuff. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. You know, um, 
you got got to serve somebody. That's um, you might it may be the devil or the, it may be the Lord, but you got to have to serve somebody. Yeah, you know, he also does that in an interview where you know people think he's saying salt to salt to the devil. Mm-hmm. You know, sixty minutes when I saw the big chief, he says, "Yeah, I made a deal a while back. That's why I'm still touring." He's like, "Do I want to know who you made a deal with?" He's like, oh, "You know, uh, the commander in chief, the big, you know, the big commander, the big chief." That's like of this world. He's like, "This one and the world and the world you can't see." Mm-hmm. So it's like, okay, you're making deals with interdimensional entities, Bob Dylan. Oh, wait, what's that? Or is this a metaphor? Are you talking about God or Jesus or something? You know, like, oh, I just made a deal that I was gonna. I wasn't going to just waste my talent and be like a mm-hmm. coked up rock star. I was going to like sing, you know, make let the universe's songs flow through me. And that's my deal with God. Yeah. You know? Or maybe he's talking about the devil. I mean, who knows? But I'd say the Lord, I'd say the Lord. Yeah. But um, it's interesting when you think of not just that he's expressing these human truths poetically that we can all resonate with. Like, wow. And it can, it uplifts, uplifts himself, I suppose, in the moment of being graced with that song coming through. It also uplifts, whoever listens to it any time they do and they tune into that it's, it's like a beneficial kind of profound idea which a lot of these songs have that mm-hmm. um there'll be different levels yeah but then also there's this political commentary similar to like i was saying shakespeare and like he's talking about you know the merchant of venice beware like the venetian influence all these different things mm. and, um which are very interesting and but yeah you you have this almost these um kind of this criminal, powerful, criminal, uh, well, the masters make the rules for the wise men and the fools. Yeah, I've got enough of to live up to. The idea yeah. of this, an elite sort of powerful, or well, some master, masters of war, where well, you build, build the big guns, build the jet planes, but, uh, you know, something is cold as the blood that runs through your, bland, your veins. Or, but he's, you know, talking about like, um, or like um, uh, Gates of Eden, where he's saying, um, it's like, um, um, Whisper in the wings. Um, relationship, relationships of ownership. They whisper in the wings. Um, uh, but yeah, but basically, like so seeming to hint at like the oligarchy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, and in that um, hit of Chronicles, part one. Yeah, he talked when he's talking about why he kind of pulled out away from the whole thing of the sixties and the height of his fame. It's another thing, you know, we didn't, you know, I guess most people listening to this will be aware of the story, but like he'd been like, you know, cute folk singer and then he went electric and it was a huge thing. Half the people loved it. Half the people, you know, were like, oh, Judas, you're evil, you know, you're turning pop. Um, so yeah. But so he was, but he was willing to change. The big thing I want to mention is his willingness to change is a great thing about Dylan as well. Mm-hmm. Great, an artist must always be in a state of change. Yeah. And that's kind of the deep Buddhist or, you know, spiritual thing of like impermanence and mm-hmm. embracing change. And understanding that to be timeless and to be in tune, you must be willing to let go. He's not busy being born, he's busy dying. Yeah. Um, and but he was willing to, you know, change into you know the electric. He went electric, but it felt more authentic. Yeah. Um, and then he later on he he also uh, uh, and, and he became more much more popular, you know, global phenomenon thing. But um, but he didn't mind people being like, oh, you're mainstream. He was like, oh, yeah, I'll do what you want because I want to be authentic. And he's like, I've, okay, that's your perspective. Yeah. But then he um, ended that in like the 1966. So he had this motorcycle crash. It was like, it was, like was it real? Was it actually a crash or what yeah. went on? You know. Um, but then, and he just went out and kind of basically hung out with his family and you know, friends and stuff in like Woodstock and made, you know, the basement takes, that kind of thing. But he pulled away from the spotlight. And in the... Um, and it seemed like, yeah, maybe he was, you know, partying too much and he was kind of trying to heal from that, mm-hmm. spend more time with his family or whatever it was. But um, it seemed like there were hints in the book that um, 
there was like, you know, oh, there were people on the roof, you know, you'd hear people and, you know, the sheriff, local sheriff would say that, you know, hey, if, you know, there's people kind of like invading his property and, you know, there's this hysteria about trying to get him and then um, meet him or whatever. And that um, Joan Baez was calling, you know, come out, Bobby, lead the anti-Vietnam War yeah. protest. JFK has been assassinated. Martin Luther King has been assassinated. John Lennon was later assassinated. Yeah. Just before the military industrial complex launched a new round of invasions of different countries, which he would have been resisting. Mm-hmm. The guy who, if I understand it correctly, the doorman who shot him was actually had some connections to the Cuban friendlies and the CIA. Right. And there were some allegations that he had kind of, kind of mentored and candidated and like used. Um, well, yeah. And I think him having that but, copy of Catcher in the Rye and people like just very quickly like, oh, right. that's he's just a wacko. Well, I think the CIA, MK Ultra, is on the record. That's the thing they did. And they, I think, there would be things, little triggers, associations, tracks, right. bizarre little yeah. programming things, you know, so maybe it wasn't enough, but he was turned into enough. Yeah, and who knows, but it definitely seems like like it's a possibility there. But the yeah. um, but the uh, the thing with Dylan is like, I don't know, but who knows? But I think, again, uh, it, it seems like something interesting to mention, who knows, just as, like, you know, for the law or whatever, yeah. is that perhaps he, it's the impression I got, and my personal impression I got from that book is that, he intentionally tried to sabotage his own image and make, he would pour a bottle of, he said, I'll go into a grocery store and pour a bottle of whiskey over my head, right? You know, um, you know, make outlandish, you know, statements in newspapers or whatever, anything that would, you know, basically just tarnish his reputation, anything better than being the, you know, the prophet for yeah. the a different narrative, a different narrative. Yeah. yeah. Um, rather than being like seen perhaps as a threat by the military industrial complex yeah. and the people who wanted to take over the world and were, you know, dead set and keeping the war in Vietnam, lots of money being made through that and the drugs trade and all kinds of stuff and selling weapons to it. And that, so perhaps he was like, yeah, I understand the way the world works. Like he was deep enough in his consciousness to understand yeah. the presence of the reptilian, metaphorically, of course, um, influence yeah. of in the, um, the way the world's run from the shadows. And that he was like, yeah, I, I want to be with my family. I want to write music um, for many years to come. I'm stepping back. Yeah. And um and so that also is like a thing that makes me wonder that about this awareness of perhaps shadowy elements in the the way in the governance of the planet. Yeah. Uh definitely. <laughs> and yeah. and you're saying um things that, uh, have changed. Yeah, things have changed. I mean, that song there's a lot of lines in that which are very interesting. Um that would be great one to play now. Uh, which, which verse of that I want to go? There's a lot of them are good, but. And then, you know, almost into the 
I can go through the whole thing. Well, that the next bit, the bit that yeah. comes is less to do with this. Okay, yeah, the, the, the spicier bit. But yeah. then, um, even a lot of water under the bridge and a lot of other stuff too. Body Smith. Don't get up, gentlemen. I'm only passing through. Crazy in times are strange. I'm locked in tight. I'm out of range. I used to care, but things have changed. Very interesting. Yeah. Um, um, just one more on this topic. And the, the feeling I got from that song. Yeah. So that song, and it's like you know, the, the way the great the, the way that I think I suspect the world is being oppressed by our brothers and sisters who deserve love, yeah. but they're acting in an unhealthy way and it must be called out. Yeah. And if, if it's wrong, if it doesn't exist, it's just like snowball effect of bad vibes, then cool, nothing lost. Um, but if it is that there's a concerted cabal, which it looks like uh, well, yeah, around the planet, then it needs to be talked about, yeah. even though we're all, um, it's all love, you know, ultimately. But um, uh, the, uh, I was gonna say, um, mm-hmm. things have changed. Yes, so the, the feeling, okay, so yeah, good. So the way that I think things seem to be run is that they have um, plausible deniability. They'll go like, okay, instead of just doing a thing and controlling things, there must be some other story which would explain it yeah. as a per- defense mechanism, like a perimeter wall around the, the fort, the, the tower, you know, the, the curtain wall. And so someone goes, oh, something weird's happening here. Oh, no, that's just about, they want money. See, these people are making money. Uh-huh. Okay, then. And then some people don't go deeper and look for it. No. But, um, and so with this song, it's like, it was for the soundtrack of a movie, yeah. right? And so, oh, it's just, oh, it's not dealing talking about elites, whatever. It's just like, it's this, you know, this character in the movie, it totally makes sense. It refers to the movie, but um, and I don't know, maybe it was just that, but I entertain the possibility that um, perhaps he was like, ooh, I can do this for that movie while doing this, two birds with one stone, and uh, it'll be kind of covered and, you know, I won't get in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> um, but he had the expression being that he was feeling like he maybe he knew certain things yeah. and he couldn't express it and he could see things going in a bad direction. Yeah. But he's like, I like my family. Maybe he's had three. I'm locked in tight. I'm out of range. Like I wouldn't be able to yeah. hit them anyway, even if I took, you know. If people, yeah. If people, if the if there is a cabal of people or certain cabals of people, but like space more or less centralized, um, psychopaths or, you know, just, um, indoctrinated people of a, a cult of you know domination mm-hmm. um running the planet if and that's definitely possible and, and plausible and i would say even probable mm-hmm. um but if you say it's not possible i think you're a bit out of touch with reality and you need to kind of look in the mirror um, it would be the first time in history there's not some sort of villain aspect of the human consciousness yeah. rise sit finding form in like a tyrant or i mean that's yeah. in general most of history is bad guys so called. yeah so like where are they right now Indeed, yes, yeah. 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 Conspiracy theorists are the bad guys. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, but um, so if that is the case, that there are people running the planet like that, um, for sure they would be threatening people, powerful people, people of influence, to say, "Hey, just so you know, you know, like I know your wife's name, I know your children's names, I know where they live, and don't don't mess with us." Now, unfortunately, I think that is probably preventing a lot of people from talking about the. Mm-hmm. Elephant, the reptilian elephant in the room. Yeah. <laughs> By reptilian, 
you know, people talk about actual reptiles. I have no idea about that, but like, yeah, I don't know. I mean, um, I'm sure extraterrestrials exist. Uh, are they yeah. interdimensional? And uh, just like, there's the difference between like the fairy folk in Ireland or yeah. like aliens or like, oh, my grandmother on the other side or like just yeah. beings, who knows? But like, there's talk about like, like reptilian human, you know, reptilian humanoid kind of beings like secretly running the planet or whatever. And that's like often like ridiculed. It's like, haha. Yeah. Oh, this another thing we should mention. But like, um, but, uh, and I don't know. I, I would say, like, I understand that's possible. I don't know. I, I believe the universe is so big. Um, aliens exist throughout the universe, I would say. I think it's very likely. Yeah. Um, and the certain evidence, you know, you, you know, US military is releasing videos of UFOs, whatever. Is that just them messing with us and that's actually their own advanced stuff? Who knows? Whatever. But, um, but whether um, uh, reptilians, like these beings are here or whether that's just another psyop or a confusion thing, or mm -hmm. it's just people being delusional in echo chambers, doesn't matter. Um, at a basic level by reptilian here, I mean, the reptilian brain is the more primal part of the brain. And it's all about fight, flight, freeze. Um, and, Control and yeah, and it's the mammalian brain, which understands kind of, um, it evolved out of communication between many members of groups who could flourish through cooperation rather than flourish through competition. So the competitive element still remained there because the reptilian brain is the core of the brain, but the mammalian instincts override that. But then in times of great stress, you know, the reptilian brain kicks in and you're very selfish and you, you'll be willing to kill or run away or whatever, not protect a friend or whatever. Um, but like those instincts, it seems like, um, in the crazier elements of our species, those are uh, overriding, constantly dominating the mammalian tendencies. And mm. so, but, um, but yeah, but on the subject of like, you know, a bunch of people do believe though, that literally there are these reptilian alien beings running the planet, you know? Yeah. And I would admit, even though people might think I'm, I, I'm crazy, um, again, kind of thing, following the thing of just be yourself. It's like, I would admit, I believe that's possible. You know, yeah, and I don't know. I don't yeah, know. I mean, who knows? I mean, it doesn't keep me up at night, you know, but like, yeah. I mean, you know, the thing is, yeah, say, you know, I've seen like footage of, I think it was like in Canada, just on like mainstream news, this ex Canadian army general, like, who's like high up in the defense force with all his regalia on, being like, yes, there are, you know, actually eight or, you know, between eight or maybe even more um, different alien races that are in contact and communication with. You know the militaries of the world. Uh, you have the a guy from Israel, um, maybe a couple of years ago. I can't remember his name, but he said the same thing. Mm -hmm. and, you know, he came out and said, "I've been working here for like um, forty years or something." Um, it is about the aerospace. It is. This is definitely about the. It's going back. It's a Jerusalem yeah. connection, right? Um, Jerusalem alien connection. Okay. Anyway, and then he's saying, "Yeah, you know, like aliens are real. They exist. So, um, and you know." people in the world know about it at the high level so you look at that and be like okay these people are saying this i mean who knows if it's true but if someone says it then there's going to be a meme there's going to be at yes. least a rumor yeah, yeah uh and it definitely begs the question of like why would they be saying it it's not true um i guess it's possible yeah but and and whether or not sorry to interrupt but whether or not that is true the reptilians are literally doing true real or whatever um <laughs> it is healthy there's definitely a lot of like dishonesty and corruption in the, the powers that be yeah. at the moment. And um, uh, I think it's very healthy to be questioning. And so I think a lot of people, like it comes from a healthy, even whether, even if that is wrong, the impulse to question is healthy. 
so long as you yeah. keep it grounded and balanced with you go, I don't know for sure, because we live in a universe and we have a certain level of knowledge about the universe. I do not assume that my sphere of knowledge and understanding is yeah. actually uh, completely yeah. identical to the total sphere of real truth yeah. in the universe. Absolutely. There is a difference, a delta there. And I'm like, well, what is that delta? Yeah. Is it that extraterrestrial aliens are actually at the top of this secret society pyramid of like uh, elite political power? <laughs> is Dylan aware of that, or is it? Are they just? Yeah, it's just humans, and it's just a yeah, like an old school crime family kind of thing, or whatever. Yeah. These people, Thomas Shelby, they've been right. Who? I think you blind. Thomas Shelby. Okay, I don't been, know. But um, you know, maybe it's just like just royalty or something, and that's what he's talking about. You know, people who've been very, very old money. But either way, it's very interesting that there's definitely that theme in his music, particularly the gospel years, where he's talking against this villain, which is not really. Seemingly a mythical, archetypal mm. villain, but he's talking to you know yeah. things that he sees in the world. I mean, and in interviews where he said, "Well, you know, there are people right now who are trying to take over the world." I mean, that's a fact. Yeah, in the eighties or in the eighties yeah. in Sydney, yeah. So you have all this, but, but the lizard man thing, right? <laughs> the lizard. This is why I mentioned okay, that. Like, so just that, that that's the backdrop, right? And then um, there's this uh, shadow kingdom thing he brought out. Um, in so in the context of this stuff where it's like oh the jfk thing being like yeah the observer and then this skeleton how about can you i gotta pee real bad go for it yeah. you can either talk about that or play a song for maybe 10 20 minutes i'll be back yeah. you do pee for a long time so, all right i'll play a song and we'll get back to the connection between reptilians and bob dylan oh yeah um... So 
Så vil vi gøre det. Like, so in, after all that, okay, so you got the JFK, you know, thing video, which is like, ah, oh, he's taking the point of view of a conspiracy theory, you know. Decades um, of songs speaking to a similar yeah, vibe, vibe of that kind of thing, awareness of yeah. these things, like Joe Command, which is singing a verse of after. Um, um, uh, but then, and then there's this thing, the JFK song, and then, like, the thing to do with the syringe mm-hmm. and, like, false prophet. And it's like, huh, okay. Who knows? But that almost seems like he's trying to be like, hey, 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 hey. A lot of the songs are not really A lot of the songs have like apocalyptic, apocalyptic themes yeah. or the theme of um, kind of a reawakening or it almost seems like a theme of like um, my own version of you almost seeming like bringing himself back into mm-hmm. the public as an act of love for like, okay, there's some dark stuff going on. You know, and this could be totally just not what's actually happened, you know? Yeah. But it's it's kind of like that's probably oh, true. Yeah, it seems possible anyway. Um, but uh being like, you know, like um what's the one like the creepy one? Do 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 um, Yeah, that's uh, my own version of you. Right, yeah, yeah, yeah. But anyway, so <laughs> all through the summers into January, I've been visiting morgues and monasteries looking for the necessary body parts. Limbs and limbs and, and brains, brains and, and hearts, yeah, yeah. something. Like. So this Frankenstein kind of story thing, yeah. It's like body parts at morgues and monasteries. Mm. Interesting. Um, <clears throat> anyway, like yeah, bring someone to life, someone that um, I oh, never. Yeah, okay, yeah. To get to the point of to get to the point of it, right? Um, then uh, there's the Shadow Kingdom thing where it's like in twenty twenty or twenty twenty one. I don't know, but during the whole lockdown madness, <laughs> right, where it's like everything's still like something which has the same or similar death rate to the flu 
right, which is a matter of record in Hansard and like the British Parliament or whatever, like they're asked, okay, what is the thing? And they said it, it was, it was, it was basically 1% of 1%, right? I can't remember the exact number, um, that according to what they had there. Um, so the fact that it was all locked down, you know, seems absolutely outrageous, right? And so he, um, but then to release this thing, Shadow Kingdom, it's like a live, it was going to be a live stream thing. And it wasn't really clear what it was going to be. It was like, it was going to be a live stream, but is it a pre-recorded thing? Or is it like, there's whispers that had already been recorded? Or is this like going to be him on the spot live in front of like millions of people around the world? It's like a live concert thing. Mm. And there's no details. So it's kind of, there's this whole aura of confusion around it. And then um, you look at, okay, Shadow Kingdom, what is, that's not a song of his before or something. Okay, what does that mean? You look it up. And I found like an article talking about the Bob Dylan Shadow Kingdom thing. I looked it up and they've done the work for me. And they say it was like a, a novel by a guy. What's, he was like the sword and sorcery genre, the guy that, who yeah, I just created that. Tiller? No, no. He did Conan the Barbarian. He wrote that and um, Frog of Atlantis or something, or whatever it is. Um, Krill or whatever. Anyway, Krill. And uh, anyway, so this, the whole premise of this story, Shadow Kingdom is like, um, and I uh, actually listened to it. It was great, really good uh, on YouTube. Um, but it's, uh, so there's this king, you know, he takes over, you know, the kingdom, he becomes the new king. And like, but then there's all these whispers of like that the old kings were all killed and replaced. You know, well, he's not sure what's going on. It turns out in a nutshell, spoiler alert, um, that uh, the kingdom is secretly run by lizard men. <laughs> like reptilian snake man. snake man, like men, you know, humanoids with snake heads. The priest and the they snake. yeah, the priesthoods of the snake, yeah, right. And just like the conspiracy theory of the present day or whatever, the idea is they can shape shift and look like normal humans. And that's what they do in the story. And so all the advisors and stuff, and the king, new kings there, and at some point, you know, there's all this cloak and daggers and whispers and someone managed to get the message to him like oh it's all a bunch of snake men you know <laughs> <laughs> check it out bro you're in big trouble you know? yeah and uh they he uh you know basically you know they try to assassinate him and then he like you know they managed to kill them all and fight it off but it's like that they had been every time there's a new king they would kill him and replace him with a um a snake, snake man guy who would be yeah. like you know have his face whatever Anyway, and so, and a really cool, interesting little story, you know, that it's like, why is Bob Dylan using that as the title for this thing? Where, because then you watch the thing um, and search, you know, it, it could say like that the world was in shadow at the time, it was yeah. shadow kingdom. Even the, the idea darkness. of there is a kingdom that's in the shadow, like we're not aware of a shadow government, right? Yep, exactly. Shadow kingdom, like shadow kingdom. Hey, the royalty didn't really just go, oh, I guess we'll give up our toys. Like, go look up all the royal families, how much do they own? I mean, the information wouldn't be true, but even the liar statistics online right. are going to be astronomical. Like, how much did the Windsors own? And yeah, supposedly they're low down in that hierarchy. But the idea that, yeah, hey, there's like a de facto, you know, underground, like the royal thing, it just became more convenient. Be like, I'll give people smartphones, they'll become retarded in decades anyway, don't worry about it. But it'll like just distract them and we'll just. We won't overtly rule. We'll rule through credit cards and um, university and social engineering. Also, mm -hmm. people to go down a certain road where they get in debt and then they have like kids and they got to pay for it. So they play by the rules. Wage slavery. Shadow Kingdom could be that, or it could be he's referring to the probably elite hierarchies run by 
reptilian hominids. Yeah. Tell us or, in the comments what you think. Yeah. yeah. Or it could be that there's both of these associations, but the, the whole idea is just to raise like um, aware, like neither of those, maybe he thinks neither of those are real, but it's just the idea of like, we need to be aware of what's in the shadows and what's outside of your vision. Right. And people no are getting really deep in, into, I know vaccines are good or no vaccines are bad or whatever, or, you know, like everyone not being able to have conversations with each other and just, and also that there's seemed like there's a, a bottleneck where there's too much information. We couldn't process it quickly enough so that you, know, you could make the case that there was that, but anyway, whatever. Um, but uh, it's very interesting though, that like there's this another kind of thing of like kind of out there, like, all right. And, and then when you get to the details, if you watch it, there's, you know, it's black and white. You could say that, okay, shadows, it's yeah. done in black and white. But apart from that, there's like, you know, no reference to like, doesn't make sense. Not some new songs about, you know, like, oh, the dark world or something. It's just his um, songs from like the 60s, 70s. But it, like he's, he's doing his tunes, old tunes, and he's playing them again in different rearrangements. Really good. But like, it's like, okay, so why is it called Shadow Kingdom? What the hell? Um, and but it seemed and then so there's a few more details which are kind of in line with that theme of deception and shadows and smoke and mirrors um, and so for example he said it was, oh, it's, I think it's going to be like my you know his early catalogue but then there's some song in there from like middle of the 80s or something you know or like ages later you know so even yeah. that is something like oh yeah, yeah it could be in his mind or well, that's my early early yeah more than 10 years ago yeah um, but uh but then also, so you, you're watching it and I was like, oh, okay, cool. He's playing the songs. And then it took me like, which kind of really shocked me when I was realized. So Dylan's singing there and there's all these people, you know, this kind of like black and white jazz club looking thing, people smoking cigars and just drinking whiskey and hanging out there. And then some musicians behind Dylan playing. And then suddenly I noticed it was like the musicians are all wearing masks um, but Dylan's not, and no one in the crowd is. The kind of COVID nineteen COVID nineteen black mask thing, yeah, all that, yeah, different actually, yeah. But yeah, yeah it's like the black mask thing, like yeah. But um, which is the whole, you know, it seems like a symbol of like you know being gagged, not yes. being able to speak between the experience yeah. of millions of people during that time of censorship and <laughs> ideological lockstep, um, but uh, and emotional manipulation, um. But uh, so I was like, whoa, like it's, it seems like perhaps that was meant to be a subtle thing to point out that like um, to draw attention to the masks. Yeah. And maybe not. Again, I'm open. I'm not. But this is just we're thinking as yeah. an interesting possibility. There's no one in the crowd had masks. There's no. actors of so clearly playing these different roles. You know, not wearing a mask. I'm sure they, they I think they went to France to do it, to film it. They could have gone anywhere in the world to film a place where masks weren't required. Bob Dylan, I'm sure he can get that sorted if he yeah. wants. It's not like all oh, the regulations, the band leaders are not dealing with. Um, and so they're wearing masks and so it's yeah. drawing attention to it and like, why are they doing it if they're not? You know, so that yes. was interesting. It is interesting. And um, I mean, this, there's yeah. one other element to the, yeah. the thing, if I could just finish, right? Yeah. Um, but um, so then the, the musicians at certain points, you know, it's like, it almost seems like that it's not timed up, synced up, and it's really beautiful production value. But then when they're doing it, there's some, like a guy's, you know, doing um, maybe doing like a riff and he's strumming chords, you know. And I'm like, and it's a close up of it. It's like, what the hell is going on? There, it's like, yeah. it seemed to me like it was clearly trying to draw your attention to, ha, it's not, everything's not what it seems. Yeah. Um, and uh, so that seemed to be this kind of message of it. It was like, 
yeah again like you know yeah yeah definitely um very mysterious very interesting i mean yeah there's a lot of references over time where he's said to this sort of stuff and I mean, who knows the exact reasons for that whole thing mm -hmm. uh shadow kingdom etc very interesting you know yeah and it's not the most important thing at all, which is why we mentioned it much later, right? Like, or I interrupted you before to talk about some other thing about yeah. you know, authenticity and communication. But it's, um, you know, the shadows deserve a bit of light too. Yeah, and I think, you know, as far as people said all sorts of things about Bob Dylan, I think it is really interesting to, you know, that side to it where realistically it very much does, you know, if you're going to go into anything deep enough, um, you know, we're living in this fractal kind of word world. Everything has to do with everything else. We're all connected. So we start talking about Bob Dylan, we're going to end up talking about God or the world within which Bob Dylan lives. We right. Are. Yes, that connects us. Um, and yeah, it, it does seem like there's uh, this sort of commentary on power as mm -hmm. well as commentary on beauty and the yeah. experience, the human condition of so Shakespeare, as you said. Yeah, for the drama. It's all part of the drama. And the thing is, ultimately, we do need the villains in the drama, but I think we could do with it. We would be fine with a few fewer villains. Yeah. Yeah. Or um, fine with um, just more heroes. So mm -hmm. by de facto, there'll be um, less villains because the villain, you know, like uh, nature abhors a vacuum. Mm -hmm. You know, what's that saying of, um, go for it, you know, uh, with that? Weak men create, you know, love. I what is it? How does it go? Amazing. Um, good times. No, it's strong men create good times. Yeah. Good times create weak men. Weak men create bad times. Bad times create strong men. Yeah. Yeah. Exactly. So, uh, yeah. The, yeah, the idea that there are these like villains or what, what have you, um, you know, this connects to a lot of esoteric traditions like even the Bhagavad Gita and. Hindu or like what yogis, transcendental yogis, who believe everything's just consciousness and made of vibrations. And you go, the real world is within you, not with outside of you. You're going within yourself, you're suddenly start to see lights and see things and realize it's not just darkness. It's not like just the janitor's covered, like you're mm -hmm. infinite within yourself and mm -hmm. consciousness. Um, so yeah, all these things, you know, sort of end up coming up. But um yeah, this idea the world of the villain and right and the uh, heroism. Or heroism, even like in yeah, Dylan, a lot of um, to um, what's another line in one of his songs to live outside the law, you must be honest. Mm -hmm. You know, the idea of being an outlaw, being an honest person who's yeah, what is right, what they know to be right, their moral compass is different to what the law is at that time. Yeah. So they're an outlaw not because of a lack of morality, but because of a lack of immorality, right? And so they're this outlaw figure. So even that is a kind of courage to, uh, to be a hero, heroism, to go against the social conditioning and just go with the pack and do what everyone else does and just yeah. get a, a job that you're not into and waste your life. Um, Bob Dylan is by that kind of uh, authenticity and dedication to, well, I don't know if I'm just poor or homeless, like whatever, but I'm I'm just, I'm not thinking about that. I'm just in the moment experiencing and I'm not doing it some traditional way. I'm going to do it my way. I'm going to express exactly how i feel and i don't owe you anything about telling what it is and just the general attitude with which he's the um his music comes across and it seems the way he's living his life that's a kind of heroic idea so even that on some level and then you get into the other levels of political commentary and songs and the idea yeah. of standing up against these things yeah yeah it's just like uh yeah absolutely 
because it's going, as you say, basically anytime you go very deep into life through a medium of some sort, whether it's poetry or music or whatever it is, uh, mathematics, you will, mathematics, yeah, probably, <laughs> you will reach the awareness um, of, it. you'll start to see that everywhere in the world and you'll, you'll find, I think, yeah, you, you end up kind of finding everything's connected, everything's tight, um, you know, tacked onto everything else. Yeah. And so, but especially with music and words where you're, you're talking about stories, it's inevitable if there's enough detail and enough range that you are going to start, you know, yeah. um, bumping up against the most beautiful and the most ugly parts of what we have created as humanity and are creating. You know? Yeah, absolutely. And like really interesting because when you think about like a song, like, well, oh, I love, I love, this is my favorite song. Or I like that song. Or I don't like this. Or even plants having different reactions, like heavy metal versus mm. classical music. Or, um, suppose the Baroque music, you know, balances your left and right brain hemispheres. 432, 432 hertz. hertz. This idea that, you know, this is more in resonance and can tune us. So some 440 was, was changed to that later. It's slightly mm -hmm. higher. But there are two different versions, I think, as I understand it. There's, it wasn't just those two. There's a few different right. maybe some ones. I'm very able. But, um, 432 was used, but 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 um, but that, that's like a multiple of the, the 8 hertz is the frequency of the earth. Right. And so it's a multiple of that. It's like an option. resonance. Yeah. And so it's literally, you're more in um, resonance with the wavelengths of the earth. And that's the idea that it's lifting yeah. or something, right? Or ground. Uh, yeah, earth. something like that. Yeah. Earth, yeah. Sort of extent. But also, if you just think of how native and intimate that is to us, like the idea of a song, because mm. particularly a song with words, I mean, you hear birds, make, they have tunes, they'll sing a little tune, like a songbird. Or, yeah. Um, and humans will go around, they might whistle, they might make a little tune, like um, yeah. sing or whatever, baby makes noises. We're all thinking thoughts every day, you know, all the time. You have to actively put in a lot of effort not to have thoughts. Mm -hmm. So words are in our head naturally. So how, what, you know, where genetically or spiritually related, energetically related to songs like lyrics and yeah. poetry, because um, words are part of our physio, like our psychophysiology. Yeah. So, so um, yeah, the connection, you know, this Dylan music or any other artists as well, there are other artists, not just Bob Dylan who do this, you know, mm -hmm. um, where you can get, it goes um, very deep, you know, in that sort of realm um yeah i think also like say a lot of it's stories and thoughts about like stories you know about like, what i need to do or what have i done whatever it's like sequence of events and like ideas morals what was good what's what's desirable but like songs are like there's this emotional like it's like a story like a distillation of like you know adaptive or maladaptive behavior mm -hmm. in certain contexts um, so we can learn from it and or we can just you know enjoy it um, so practical or maybe, uh, playful um, and but with the music when you bring in the the mathematics and the order mm -hmm. um, of the um, the, the, uh, the common the pattern and lack thereof and the mix intertwining of you know um, similarity and difference in vibration proportion uh, mm. scale form um, tone all these different things um, yin and yang and then everything in between shades of gray yeah. um, and the colors and uh, whatever we don't have words for of like this um, cascade and this magic of mm -hmm. mathematics and emotion yeah. that we can um, channel through music 
when you're doing that with stories and words, which Dylan's master of, then those stories can um, register much more deeply. Mm -hmm. And I think as we experience them, it can open us up to states of consciousness where we're, we're more able to see the truth of stories and also to articulate and create stories. But like, it's like, rather than just reading them, like just because mm -hmm. of this beautiful, just rhyme and like the rhythm yeah. and stuff, I think, you know, it's like consciousness altering. Yeah, and even melody. Melody is seemingly like a, some kind of interdimensional language, you know, where there is an idea and a spirit contained within a melody which is just a grouping of different noises you know different notes um a kind of phrasing mm. a mathematical relationship between them but you can have something that inherently seems to have a kind of feeling to it like mm -hmm. a, a melody a group of notes like this like say if it's you know that's got this definitely that's just a group of notes but it's already got this kind of mm -hmm. We had this energetic reaction to it, We're like, oh, what's yeah. that about? Whereas, you know, if it was there's some kind of story there, like mm -hmm. elegant design, because the way that even hitting the notes and then it going down at some point, uh, one note to the next successive note yeah. scale going down, like you close, go down the ladder back to the promised land, like an isomorphism, a similarity of structure to. Mm -hmm other things of our life like yeah and so it's mapping out resolution yeah mapping out psychological processes and emotional processes yeah through this, the auditory perception of mathematics and this and that you know um yeah. dylan's music's yeah doing that a lot so there's an eternity it's it's nice. like that's like yeah it's like it has always been like that it'll always be like that so which is what i was originally going with that to say that it being like yeah, an interdimensional language in the sense that you perceive it and you hear it in your head yeah a fraction of a second before you play it if you're improvising that yeah and any song that was written was improvised in one moment it was just charismatic enough to be remembered I'm like oh yeah. i'm gonna do that again you know it's just it's a song coming through um but the, all these things just come through like a language when someone hears that it's speaking to them and it's there it's registering but with the part of them that's wordless you know um some of the in-between and so it's feelings that don't yet have words and then this puts words to those feelings so people can go mm. to a place they wouldn't be able to get to by their own thoughts the music somehow is more abstract so able to someone feels a certain way and it's bringing them on like an inward mental psychological journey mapped by sounds and the mathematics yeah. of music instead of by language yeah mathematics yeah and like how um it's interesting like how you know you would say you would often make songs right by like a chord or that you have like a feeling maybe and then mm. you would Kind of play it and they'll turn into chords and then yeah maybe one chord that resonated originally yeah yeah and multiple chords that fit that and then you feel. put words to that story that the the musical story uh you usually sounds like humming like a melody so melody next melody generally like you know whatever notes seem to fit the melody the phrase that uh wordless language that well, melody that yeah because it has its own kind yeah. of inflection like a kind of playful melody like just because there's these gaps and then some bouncing it's like yeah, a kid yeah. thing yeah yeah so it might already have its own kind of resonance or a feeling in the mm -hmm. melody and then yeah start once you have that then start just letting words come out that are stream of consciousness free association whatever matches that kind of general 
mm. mood and just try and say it and then ideally make it so that every second line the last yeah. word rhymes with it. but yeah just whatever feels follows that emotion that original source yeah that's interesting like it seems like maybe it's a feedback uh loop like the the words and the music right okay this one also words music um uh but that so it seems like in general what's happening with your music is you got like the the music and then that's um giving birth to words which might give birth to changes in music or further music but oh yeah or but, it could go the other way too yeah. it's not right. like words could but right yeah it seems like dylan like but it's interesting that it seems like there's a certain connection of belonging that they're grounded in that music you know the mm -hmm. words spring from that like the sounds even before you choose what words the words have meaning yeah. sounds cadence yeah, and musicality the words, even just to a phrase like, yeah. well one word has its own you know yeah rhythm dichotomy it's got a yeah and like poetry is half halfway between music and like language speech, speech, yeah. speech yeah. yeah um but then like dylan like in that 1965 press interview san francisco whatever very interesting you know uh he, he said like they're like saying like um an example they asked him a question where he's like totally happy to answer it it's like like how do you write like you know it's like which come first for you the the words um like are the words as important as the music yeah something like that and he's like uh yeah um yeah the like um there would be no music without the words something like that you know yeah, um, important. yeah like and then it was like it almost seemed like he was saying that like he'd have the words and they would create music or mm -hmm. whether it's simultaneous or whether the words came first but that it seemed like his again there's that connection which you're talking about the language between um in his case perhaps going the other direction but like that um that's music is an expression of or a, a parallel dimension um of like language and ideas and this um, yeah. deeper communication of intent and consciousness. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, you say there'd be no music without the words, but there'd be no words without the thought or thoughts. Right. You know, like you said, you'd have a thought and then he would know, oh, like how the whole song would be written. And you would have that idea before you'd start kind of like, oh, say this now. Yeah. Put this across or something like that. But yeah, either way, coming from a state of being and then uh, oh, express that. And it could be, that you start with music that is like, yep, yeah, that fits that state of being. And then you go there and you add words eventually or the other way, just words that fit that state of being. And then the music, yeah. either way, it's incidental because the words are musical as well. Yeah. Like yeah, yeah, yeah. But yeah, absolutely. Um, I'm going to pee. Okay. And you could entertain the good people. All right. The song of your shoes. All of my shoes and gum. Hmm. Maybe. Football blues. Um. Well, this one's a verse which you gotta hear. It's the Joker Man kind of thing. in the lane, preacher man seeks the same, get there first is uncertain, nightsticks, tear gas, water cannons, padlocks, Molotov, cocktails and rocks, behind every curtain, false hearted judges, dying in the webs that they spin, 
Mississippi. That's a later song. Very good for any Dylan fanatics. in the 80s yeah uh christian thing called the 80s right yeah, yeah and like have you been through all these phases huh? most of the late right. 70s early 80s okay but like um you know i used to think like i didn't really listen to the christian albums until recently i went through all of them great great stuff um and uh you know because i was like oh you know i don't know about that so it's just, you know, weird. that's not like my frame of reference now these days like i believe the universe is conscious and you know something. yeah close to a spiritual you know yeah. um, whatever that you know that would mean um but um but it's like i think you if anyone hasn't listened to that kind of stuff i don't know would you recommend it like and i think it's a cool or it's a good kind of metaphor for like which is the example of how you don't need to always be on the same wavelength as someone or but you can there's still benefits in that you know like this beautiful music like even if you don't believe in Jesus, for example, like, 
会。我找到的是 Drop G。
Nine if it's um, oh, I was actually in the single, but I forgot. Oh, good. Yeah. You got it? Um, but just for, now I'm going to get out of the way, just in case. <laughs> yeah. Well, maybe this is what you were going to sing. What is it? I'm sure it's for you. Probably. Give, give. No, you go, you go. Okay, so, um. Dylan's breath control. Oh yeah. His ability to do such incredible harmonica. Pranayama. 
Yeah, and it's like, you know, like Allen Ginsberg saying, like, Dylan had become a column of air. Yeah. And that great documentary, No Direction Home, Scorsese. Um, and I was like, this guy's weird, you know, <laughs> when I was a teenager, but it's not compute, you know. And but then it's like, oh, yeah, and it's like, he's doing all that breath control. So, you know, body awareness yeah. um, and just, yeah, energetically, like how healthy that is for you to be in control of your breath. And that it seems like he, Dylan got very conscious of his breath through the harmonica um, among, and singing, of course, mm -hmm. but like, um, and you can see his control and the way he uses the harmonica and his intent. That's oh, so yeah. beautiful. Um, but like, it seems like in his interviews, you know, he's sitting there and there's a stillness, there's a, a which is the key to, you know, spirituality, spiritual awakening, right? Mm -hmm. Being present and being able to be in the present moment and to see through the veil of thought and to be able to just access pure the presence, the physical presence of what is, you know? Yeah. And um, it seems like he boosted his consciousness and kind of transcended into the spiritual dimension mm -hmm. of meaning just normal life without yeah. being lost in your thoughts. You know, to see physically protons, electrons, neutrons, like understanding like the physicality of what it is. And then deep down, it's all spirituality. It's mm -hmm. you know, energy, but like, but yeah, it seems like that his um, harmonica, harp work, whatever, like, yeah, in a way, like, it seems like, yeah, that's pulled it, drew, drew him into this higher state. Uh, yeah. yeah, yeah, absolutely. And um, it's funny, the intentionality of the harmonica thing and like the certain solos he would do, like, mm. um, and you can hear it. And it's so, some of it's so exquisite, like Tambourine Man from 1956, I think. Yeah, there's this huge outro where it's just the harmonica and he's just playing it's absolutely like beautiful and fin it's got finesse and tenderness and um the end of no uh of um don't look back is it don't look back at the end of the don't look back documentary um the the, the it's mr tambourine man but the end of that documentary don't look back there's the, the closing scene where it's not documentary it's like the movie like Kate blanchett and all those people yeah the end of it it's like you know that oh the only thing when they actually show Dylan. you know yeah, and that's doing that. uh, not Don't Look Back, that's uh, uh, the movie. It had a different name. It was um, really? I'm Not There. I'm Not There. Oh, you're yeah. right. Sorry. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. Um, but interesting, like, harmonica trivia in, like, what we played earlier, a little bit of It's All Right, My Moment of Bleeding, and some bit where he's like, um, you know, uh, I'm only sighing. And he does, or he's just this like yeah. it's the only harmonica in the whole song. Yeah, basically, I think he's just playing guitar. And at some point, he's like, "I'm only sighing." I'm just kind of like, yeah, sizing the harmonica. Funny, you know, he's sort of like, yeah, the way he's expressing himself. Yeah. These little things you're probably not going to notice. Yeah, oh, potentially. Yeah, definitely. Um, and uh, so, <clears throat> um, all right. So we've got a song from the sixties. Done. 70s, did a little bit of Shadow from the Storm. Yeah, I played some as well. Yeah, Joe Canata played, and yeah. uh, also a little bit of uh, You're Gonna Make Me Lonesome When You Go Hard. Oh, beautiful. Um, yeah, what else is that? So, 90s, is that 2000s? That would have been things changed. Things have changed, yeah. Uh, played oh, 20s. One, there's also the, the, yeah, the songs that like people don't realize Dylan wrote, you know, like, um, uh, yeah. Um, um, 
the joker to feed There's so much stuff here but yeah I was gonna say uh, just uh, resources things to like people should be like or like if they're interested in like the no direction home documentaries are amazing those two mm -hmm. um, uh, yeah um, what's it on YouTube uh, fly uh, fly no flying pig swing swinging pig sorry swinging pig um, Swing Pigs are kind of amazing, like oh, yeah. rare videos and stuff, you yeah. know, like you see Dylan things and like yeah. it's Elston Gunn thing has some, right? Yeah, I maybe. think so. I think uh, or maybe Pigs. there's Peter Brown archive or Peter, Peter Stone, Brown Stone archive, something like that. Some yeah. another one which is sort of similar and some other uh, Nightly Moth. And that channel has um, Bob Dylan's radio show, you know, which is right. hilarious and amazing. Called Think Think Time Radio Hour. We your host dreams out there. Your home of themes, dreams, and schemes. <laughs> and every episode's got a different theme. Man. You know, it might be like flowers, divorce, jobs, baseball, whiskey, whiskey, eyes, laughter, secrets, things like this. And it'll be like a whole hour of just. Theme stories and trivia, encyclopedic knowledge of music from the twentieth century. Absolutely. <laughs> yeah. If you wanted to be like, okay, how could I just get better than a Spotify playlist? Like, just a real amazing mm -hmm. insight into an aggregate of older forms of, you know, it could be like bluegrass, it could be jazz, it could be gospel music, it could be any sort of, particularly Americana, twentieth um, century 
if you listen to that theme time radio, radio hour show, there is it's just a distillation of Bob Dylan's what he's been listening to in his you know Motown, Soul, all this stuff. Um, even some more recent stuff like The Clash or Joe Strummer, I think, and you know, um, but that's amazing. And there's all this interesting sort of uh, trivia he would drop in there as well, and like um, you know, just weird jokes and um, yeah, all, all sorts of mischief. But so that's an incredible resource because if you want to like while you're doing your cleaning or something, just play yeah. theme time radio hour, and you know, you, Bob Dylan's been the DJ basically. It's incredible music. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I've yeah. only listened to a few. I need to go that. Yeah, while like you're running. Great. Um, and uh, so, what what else do you want to mention? Close this, close this baby down. Well, I made some things here. I mean, yeah. So I guess I had why he plays music. I think that's something just very interesting <laughs> with Bob Dylan. People are like, oh yeah, Bob Dylan. Just like, oh yeah, chair, yogurt, sun, president. Yeah, history. Oh yeah, just things. Bob Dylan. But it's like, why is that human being doing what he's doing? Why is he deciding to do that? Why is he playing music? Because um, a lot of other people don't live lives like that. They And like anyone, someone who likes Dylan, even the music, like, why do you live your life the way you live it? Like, why do you do what you do? Well, it's very interesting to think, why does Bob Dylan do what he does? Because we know like it's good and it's, you know, this great art and music, but why is he doing it? And yeah, I think it goes back to this, to... Uh, be able to go deeper into states of being and uh, states of awareness and to express something, to be able to say something inside, letting the universe create through you, even through the song. Or I think he's doing it almost as like a spiritual practice, writing these yeah. songs, a devotional, you know, like um, all these songs are sort of from God, for God, I think more or less. From mm-hmm. And it's like a... Poetry and music, um, particularly with his instrumental stuff, his melodies are great. The, the grooves he knows how to play with these different times and feels of different subgenres of the 20th century in particular. Um, he's expressing a state of being, and it seems, um, and just doing it because it's his kind of dharma of like, well, it's just what I do, it's what I'm called to do, and I happen to be good at it because I was called to it and I just did nothing but that. You know, so interesting to think about that, I'd say. Because yeah. uh, he is just a human being like everyone else. But the way, if you think of how he's spending his time and how, how he did spend his time so far, um, that can be encouraging for people to do more creative things or go deeper. You know, yeah. the world only has this music because he decided, hey, I might as well actually follow that thought. And yeah. That sense of destiny that yeah. I've mentioned, you know, mm-hmm. feeling like, which is interesting. It seems like you had this sense of like, oh, yeah, I'm just going to do these things. And is that just like it happened because we had that confidence and that faith and we could all do the same thing? Or is it like it was something big was going to happen for that particular life and so the soul could sense it, you know, yeah. in advance? And then that gave it confidence because it was already there. Yeah. Um, yeah really, I mean, there's something of him saying, like a quote of that vision in your mind that you have of yourself um, and what you're capable of, that vision of yourself that you have in your mind. If you keep thinking it soon, eventually it will come to be. Yeah. More attraction. Yeah. Manifestation. That's right. Check out Kevin Trudeau. Yeah. That's a, uh, yeah. Your wish is your command. Your wish is your command. Powerful. Yeah. Eight hours to listen to. Um, yeah. Or 12, eight. So, yeah. I don't know. Um, so, is that yeah, maybe? Um, well, the vision music. So, that would be talking about, you know, just his lyrical style. I was creating these, you know, if I say um, palm tree. 
you it's too late you've probably already seen a palm tree in your mind so this writing style there's a lot of um, pictures and images things in it where it's very highly decorated though you might not notice it and they're painting and creating this very rich experience um and all these images have their, uh, are seemingly sort of in accordance with the overall vibe and sort of cast this spell and you get into this kind of energy this state of being on this energy field and listen to music and it's you know highly mental and visual um the mathematical thing of just how it's songwriting is very mathematical and he talks about and someone says oh you were the first singer songwriter and he said well no like hank williams was doing it before me i got i learned about songwriting through hank williams which people think of like yeah, as a country and western artist but a lot of his stuff is very folk oriented if you remove the slide guitar and the fiddle and you had a harmonica or just guitar, it would just sound like folk music, like proto Bob Dylan. Um, and a lot of it is when you analyze music, you realize things are based on multiples of fours. Oftentimes, chord progression might be, or there might be four beats to every bar. And maybe then it's four bars of another chord. And when you add all these measures of each, chunk of a chord up so one two three four and then one two they're going to end up as boxes multiples of fours and dylan mm-hmm. does this a lot and then even with the lyrics of okay there's uh nine syllables in this line so i'm going to match you know that's the first line the next line is going to match with the exact same amount of syllables and the rhyme is going to happen at the same time and maybe even halfway through one of these syllables that's a little more emphasized is also going to have a matching word that rhymes within it compared to the first sentence or the first line. These mathematical rules that he versed himself in and then had the ability to basically, it's effect, you know, someone practicing techniques of shading and painting and then someone gives them a blank canvas and they can just unconsciously just go for it yeah. intuitively, but they have this experience to draw upon. Mastering like the, the in doing jujitsu, you're drilling these sequences of moving your body and you can make it automatic mechanics, yeah. And then in the moment you can just flow with it and create, yeah, like speaking a language by drilling verb tenses and vocabulary. Yeah. So very important with like writing songs. I think a lot of people, if they want to create something, they'll be like, Oh no, I can't do that. That's already been done. I've got to do something cleverer than that. Why? Well, I gotta make people think I'm clever. I mean, I want to write a good song. It's like, do you want to write, yeah, do you want to write a good song or just like an honest song? You're better to write a simple, honest song that will probably become a great song if yeah. there's going to be one. So mm-hmm. Bob Dylan, a lot of the chords are very simple. Yeah, beautiful uh, bit of U2. Is it like, um, uh, I'm just trying to find a decent melody, a song I can sing in my own company. Uh, you know, yeah. Um, like, you've got to get yourself together. Or yeah, something that's like. beautiful lines, yeah. But, uh, so but yes, yeah. that um, mathematical kind of thing that, He's following all these principles, these poetic and these mathematical forms of music. And he's actually very well educated in it, even though he's self-taught. You know, even the chords you'd use are the different styles of these kind of reggae goos, or maybe it's, you know, um maybe like gypsy jazz kind of he might have all these different grooves and then it'd be this slow kind of Elizabethan sounding battle like which is, you know, a great song. Um, so anyway, he's following all these rules, and they're very simple, but I think a lot of people, if they want to be a great songwriter, like, um, it seems this simplicity is overlooked because it's like, oh, well, everyone's already done that. And it's not about that. It's about the originality comes in from the sincerity in the moment. Mm-hmm. It is original. If it's the first time you've sincerely felt that or you are in that moment having a sincere experience, it's unique. 
So that's the thing, you know. So using very like most of these songs uses three chords, just the major chords, um, and you know uh, having these forms of the bridge being eight bars. Or so it's interesting that mathematical nature. Anyway, like, and he mentioned at some point like in I think Chronicles, <clears throat> the autobiography thing, where he's saying like he got stuck with like his voice and he couldn't his old he's like my old songs were like mysterious to me, inaccessible. I couldn't sing them because. It's like he wouldn't sing them unless he could feel like authentic, he connected. Yeah. And he's like, I and it's for, I don't understand what he didn't understand. I don't understand his non-understanding. Yeah. yeah. But like he's like, I couldn't sing it. It's like, okay. And um, but then how and like he felt like he's in a rut kind of thing. And then he's like figured out basing things on on threes instead of twos, yeah. And that he was like, oh, it like unlocked doors in his mind, he's able to get back into music by focusing on threes. Yeah, and he's like, I in the book is like. <laughs> I don't know why the number three has a metaphysical power that two doesn't have, but it's just the way it is. <laughs> the fact that it does is like, okay. Um, but yeah, he's, he's trying to in a strong shape. Yeah, yeah, very interesting. Um, so yeah, where all that. Um, other things just going through because I thought all these, I wanted to get these out there. Um, yeah, his depth of feeling, that whole thing, how a lot of people maybe don't realize Bob Dylan's music is very emotional. It's not that mental and like kind of, Mm -hmm. uh, it's not like scholastic and certainly it's not even just like this cerebral intellectual kind of thing it's very emotional it's like a smart person having a writing emotional song yeah basically. a lot of these things uh, there's an emotional very heartfelt things which are yeah you know, pretty deep and there's like a humility and and like yeah kind of like he's not ramming anything down anyone's throat or like you know it's just like yeah it's a heartfelt vulnerable putting yourself out there song you know but like a lot yeah. of like people trying to be emotional emotional mm -hmm. ones like trying to pre again it's all just projecting an image whereas he's just kind of like i guess looking in the mirror or something yeah you know yeah yeah with bob dylan you get the feeling the way he's singing it is exactly how it sounded no one was there mm. and he's singing to himself or to god or to everything but just sing to put it into the air like in the beginning there was the word like He's just singing and there is a power to it, which is very much absent in a lot of other singers. Like you could hear someone who's a very slick, professional, great singer. I mean, joke about this all the time, DJ, but like, yeah. and they're like, isn't she love? Yeah. You know, <laughs> just these over the top, like decoration. There's like someone who's like, gets, you know, they're just like overly spiced and decorated and just all this stuff. But, there's an inherent lack of uh, sincerity where people think it's like the emperor's new clothes these days. People will be like, I'm really emotional singing, not to try and judge anybody because I'm, mm. you know, I'm guilty of as much as anyone else has to learn. Yeah. Yeah. And um, it must be pointed out. I go through there. my, you know, moments of the oscillations of from being in a level of particular authenticity when singing a song, but then maybe uh, unconsciously going, oh, I'm actually trying to like project something right now. I'm kind of like, oh, I just need to get back to what I'm actually feeling and just mm. not force anything just be and make it honest and just whatever it is um but yeah so a lot of the if you listen to like I don't know, ariana grande you're not gonna like play one of those songs at your funeral you're not gonna like listen to that and like you know it's be like brings tears to your eyes mm -hmm. like the human the depth of the human experience a lot of these songs are seemingly intentionally callous and mundane you know and the soundtrack and it's a big part of the movie and it affects yeah 
everything. And so the music you listen to affects the way you see and how you feel yeah, and what you're relating to. It's just like the yeah, the sum total of the five or the average of the five people spending most time before. What are the five artists you listen to the most? And the subliminal poetic mm-hmm. imagery is it like uh, gangster rap? We're talking about killing people, and it's like, hey, we're empowered because we're rich and we're thugs mm-hmm. and we're like we kill people. That's like really empowering. So mm-hmm. maybe that's not the best way to program your subconscious compared yeah. to virtues of you know more traditional um, spiritual uh, growth or like happiness or love or mm-hmm. beauty or uh, the existential just bravely the bizarreness of being alive. Huh? Bravely, what do you say? The bizarreness of being alive. Indeed, yes. Or something more brave. Yeah. Bravely uh, pursuing your freedom and your bliss. Mm-hmm. Um, and with the, the yeah, the, uh, the strength, uh, the inner strength, clarity, and uh, kindness to, um, you know, respect others' uh, boundaries. And they're encouraged them to do it, you know, mm-hmm. to like, uh, just you know play 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 nicely you know um to play to have that desire to not just be like in a shell no get out there and play in what way are you not playing you know really get out there and just you know but then also do it you know play nicely and let others encourage others to join or whatever um but i think everything in moderation including moderation you know so like a little bit of nonsense is fine you know a little nonsense now and then is condoned by the wisest man really longer. But yeah, but in general, like, you know, you want beautiful, you want uplifting, soulful music. Dylan said in some interview thing, like, you know, like not sick music, but healing music. He wants to make healing music. He feels a lot of music in the world is sick music made by sick people for sick people. Yeah. Um, And he wants to make healing music, like uplifting music. Um, I think that's very deep. There's definitely that. Like it's it's an um it's a mirror and it's an it's um a reflection and a feedback loop of your state of mind. Yeah, and a lot of people would like to have a low state of mind so they can make money off you. I mean, yeah, it's just observably that is the reasonable conclusion. Yeah, yes, people, it's not a neutral playing field. It's like people being conditioned and programming most people from you know TV, a smartphone, or whatever. So these differences, if you are going to have be articulating beauty and truth and positive things, um, that's going to have the prerequisite of some sort of willpower on your behalf to make that happen because. It's kind of an outlier against the society we live in, you know, mm-hmm. a lot of this stuff. But yeah, I think um, just in the sort of, yeah, the feeling like um, that he, there is this power to a lot of what he's doing where he's singing, he's really feeling, he's meaning he's singing, you know, and I think um, that's really uh, powerful, like for people to, you know, not just listen to this music, but try to embody maybe some of that like level of authenticity and just, Go a bit deeper, yeah. Yeah, in general, yes. And um, and it connects to like what, like uh, we were saying before earlier about like you know like there's that interview where there's only a tiny snippet of it. I think still exists or something where, but like um where sixty something where someone's saying what's your message? Like if you have a message, yeah, yeah. what's that again? Or like yeah, he says like something to the effect. I mean, this could be um patching different parts of the interview together, but as I remember it. It was Les Crane or Des Crane, some like 1965 televised show, though there's only the audio of it on YouTube and Swinging Peaks. And, um, and he says something to the effect of the host to Dylan saying, like, you know, you're only 23, and you know, people say, oh, what are the message, what is the message to your music? And what is your message? I mean, that's a lot of pressure. That's a, that's a tough question to answer, isn't it? So 
yeah, sure is, you know, whatever. <laughs> and then he's like, yeah, it is. But answer it, you know. He kind of like pulled, pushes him a bit, being like, you know, don't dodge it, don't do your classic. Yeah, yeah, no, man, the bird flies, wobbly wobbly. Like, what does that mean? <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, and he he basically says, "What's your message?" And he's like, "Ah, oh, be or is maybe as an afterthought, but be." And if you think of that, like, it's like people are always like, "What's your message?" And it's like this thing, and he's never saying. It. But then there he is saying, like, "Be." That's the message. Be. That's you may as well say God or like. Yeah. It, yeah. It is. It's like. That's very broad. And yeah, if you think of people's state of consciousness, like, well, what level is he operating on compared to mm -hmm. someone being like, like what you said before about healing music, you know, if someone said, hey, um, so you play folk music or is it protest singer songwriter music? And he says, no, I play healing music. It's like you see the gulf, the distance between those state mm -hmm. of consciousness. Yeah. Um, so yeah, same thing with this, like be or is, like uh, that's the same, he gives me this impression of like William Blake or someone, a complete, like a visionary mystic, mm. whether you, he might not tell you he's a mystic, he's like, hey man, it's none of your business or whatever. I mean, yeah. I'm just a hipster who smokes cigarettes, like whatever, I'm gonna, I don't know you anything to elaborate, but there seems to be this deeper thing with be or is, that's like transcendental. Sure. Yeah, which is like, yeah, again, one of the, the core, or like one of the cores, one of the ways of, labeling the core of like wisdom traditions or spirituality of like just be you know be here now and all that yeah. but um but like just be like it kind of like it, it seems like it's a window um onto the sea in the mermaidian seeing of uh you know um uh but like of yeah just like yeah the being in the moment letting the music flow um just letting it channel um and but then the is thing, like being even like don't turn being into an action either. Just like even making it, yeah, like even less direct or like then just be like, you know, even more vague, but just kind of like it's just like a little stairway to heaven kind of thing, just being like, you know, making it as uh vague and as um indirect or um as yeah, uh selfless as possible mm -hmm. kind of just letting get, get out of your own way you know yeah. let the music flow um i think before you, you mentioned about like why does he play i mean i think i agree with you like that he's exploring states of consciousness and his own soul and being but um yeah i think to some extent i don't know i feel like it would, it's like well what else am i going to do kind of thing that's just like he's just letting the river flow mm -hmm. and that is his karma and his dharma and it's you know, I yeah. am the musician and I am the music and um, made the music flow. You know? Yeah. Yeah, I'd say so. Um, very deep. And I think the conclusion at the end of any of this, of like going, so, spending so much time thinking about someone else, like another yeah. human being, just because it's like clearly it's a quite a um, fantastic example. Yeah. Some people um, deserve any hours of. <laughs> Yeah, analysis. Yeah, and by any metric you'd measure it, it's unusual, you know. So observing this thing. But I think the punchline anyone should be taking from like listening to Bob Dylan is to take those beneficial things to become your best self or at least your fuller self, or just like to experience and to to award ourselves as much awareness and freedom and authenticity as possible. You know, so uh, it's like you could compare even to a Jesus, right? Yeah, you know, he's not saying worship me like the political institutions that are built up around 
the you know Catholicism or whatever this mm-hmm. you know, know him saying yeah and all this religion in general you know I mean yeah. Jesus supposedly was saying you know become like me yeah. don't worship me become like me like so you think the same thing with Bob Dylan it's not to be like oh you're incredible you'd be like wow this is what a soul in a human form is capable of how what am I capable of and, and what is true for me and how, what do I really think and who am I and what could I what ways can I express my individuality and give to the world around me by bringing something from within me that's unique to me and putting it outside and seeing what happens you know yeah good good trying to become emulate yeah and uh look you know Dylan's followed his path his road and I'm sure you know similar souls likewise um flourished and throughout the eons have have been doing such things and have been likewise venerated by those around them um only to be forgotten eons hence you know um but uh you know so he's had his you know uh road of yeah um blooming blooming his potential um and then but then also like look at like how it's enriched the world and imagine if he hadn't done that if he was Mm -hmm. like well, I pro- I'll probably fail. I better just go. I mean, I'll just get, become an accountant, you know. Yeah. Um. Then, God, like, where would we be, you know? Um. And uh, if you do the same thing, you know, what's where will we be? If you or I, more importantly, mm. um. Yeah, you know, it's like a, a beautiful example. It's all just mirrors, like. Make, you know, puts it very clear, shows very clearly kind of like uh, the benefit and the virtue of uh, believing in yourself and following your passion and your potential. Um, and yeah, letting the world within um, supersede the world without mm-hmm. and living your life, you know, as only one person can. Yeah. Yeah. yeah that's right if you were to follow your inner guidance and you did that every step of the way and every time you failed by the time you're in your deathbed you'd realize it wasn't failure it's an absolute success and a triumph mm-hmm. so really when you think of the, the rules of the game it certainly seems like you can't really fail you know i mean if you don't try maybe if you would just be left with more regret and return sense of wondering oh i'll have to do better luck next time i'll try it again but yeah, going, following, going within, trying to, you know, doing whatever it is, whatever someone feels they have to offer that they're not currently offering or doing, then that's evolutionary of consciousness, you know, people, novelty, creativity, things flowering, unfolding, you know, or maybe, yeah, incredible poetic songs like Dylan or some more paintings, what have you. Yeah. But yeah, I think for anybody, I mean, it's like, yeah, whoever is listening to this and then at the end of the podcast, like what do you do? You just yeah, live in the moment and enjoy moment to moment. And as ideas come to you, if they make you feel great and you feel inspired, and you follow it. Um, or you don't you do something else. But if you just live true to yourself and you go follow your inner guidance as much as possible, you know that's the adventure of life. It's definitely follow your inner guidance. Be yourself, but also understand that there's a balance <clears throat> in and yang to everything. And that certain figures, like say Bob Dylan or whoever it is, um, anybody who is inspiring to you, who you find admirable, 
there's something in them that calls out to you to cultivate and nourish in yourself and grow and that there is such a thing as apprenticeship and mm -hmm. like um bowing before you know uh figuratively um those who are greater than you um and who and being able to like embody their ways and, their, and kind of adopt their habits which will then become your habits you can't properly fully adopt them but you can't if someone out there is like oh my life's a mess I'm like, okay go around acting like you're bob dylan in the you know height of his glory kind of thing or you know the glory mm -hmm. is like eternal whatever but like you know go take a thing that resonates like yeah that's great you know just kind of act that out you know um and you'll probably find that you you know have a more happy successful productive authentic life ironically because you're like embodying you know take inspiration from it now you don't want to go you know be like some delusional and saying like, i am bob dylan or i am jesus or whatever but like you can take that as inspiration to whatever degree is necessary in order to change your behavior and ch start changing your habits and your thoughts and your life. And then you can put on a different, um, wear a different role, put on some different costume. And Dylan's done this throughout his life, all these different characters that roll and thunder thing and what's allowing yourself to change. But, but I think that can be useful. And like, say we're talking about someone we really admire, Dylan. Um, and, but then there's say, I was like, oh, he's, he's amazing. And then it's like, oh, Oh my god! Look at this all this music from like you know the eighties. Oh, this is oh my god! It's traumatizing. Like, <laughs> oh, like you know, it didn't fit the thing what I thought it was. You know? yeah. But then and then the fall of idols, and then being able to be aware that there are many admirable people around the planet and throughout time and space, but everyone's just human. But being able to um, uh, learn to have the openness to and the courage and not be shy to kind of um, recognize greatness in others. And to kind of um, bring that within yourself and adopt it as your birthright. Imagine your own just yeah. sorry. Imagine your own greatness and to yeah allow yourself to be and, inspired and that to introduce you to your own greatness. Sometimes it might be useful to kind of yeah to get inspiration from you know like um, just paying attention to or even kind of acting out in similar ways. That's a more extreme you know practice whatever. But like at least just you know paying attention to success stories. And uh, uh, letting that introduce you to the seeds of your own success within yourself. Mm. At the end of the day, yeah, always being like a uh, between cra cradle and grave. You know, here we are, and um, let's uh, you know, let's live our life and uh, follow what's meaningful and beautiful and playful to us. You know, or something. Amen. Yeah. Anything else? Um, and this has been a bit brief. Maybe we should draw this out a bit. More. I think it's good to keep it short like this. Yeah, yeah. Okay, fair enough. Um, like a banana after then. Yeah, um, maybe I will as well. Um, yeah, no, I think we covered a lot with that. There, are, I mean, there's always going to be more to say yeah. about things, you know. I mean, even like, uh, I mean, I guess I, it was the last thing on my list, even though it's kind of super niche and going a little bit off track but the way even he would record the music you know oh yeah about it being like in the studio where he's set up and he's singing in the bands or playing around and they record it as it is so it's effectively how you'd see them playing at a concert mm -hmm. that's what the recording studio thing is always and that's how he's always done his takes mm -hmm. with bands it doesn't have headphones on there's no click track a lot of music isn't made that way these days which is why it has yeah. a certain frequency a certain vibration and energy to it which is a bit more compelling yeah, um, or a lot more compelling than 
stuff which is more computerized because through that process, the degree to which something's been done through the computer is the degree to which it hasn't been done in that room. Mm -hmm. So um, you have to marshal a vast host of consciousness through yeah. you to be able to be in the moment and play the song yeah, correctly and, and with the right feeling. Like, and it's all improved. All these people are in the same moment, you know? Yeah. However long the song yeah. goes for three minutes and 50 seconds. Case. They were all in those same three, three minutes and 56 seconds when it happened, but they're in a room feeling and being human beings and playing mm -hmm. and reacting. So I think a lot of the music, you know, that'd be, yeah, it's a cool thing to think and notice. Like you can sometimes hear his guitar and the vocal mic and it's all happening at the same time and there's an overall feeling. And, you know, it's more about the feeling that's being conveyed in all this music. But yeah, I'd say uh, in summary, Bob Dylan, uh, probably, yeah, renowned as the greatest uh, singer songwriter, but probably still underrated somewhere. <laughs> Agreed. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, let's play a song. Mm. What do you think? Good question. Set everybody free. 
fools, they made a mock of sin Our loyalty they tried to win You were closer to me than my next of kin But they didn't want to know or see In the summertime Oh, in the summertime shame with theirs But none of that suffering can compare with the glory of what's to be And I'm still carrying that gift you gave It's a part of me now that's been cherished and saved Gonna take it with me into the grave and unto eternity is uh, just wonderful. Yeah, absolutely. Fosher wrote, could be good. Maybe um, one more yep. tune. Yes. Send you from across the sea, from the 